in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right, there we go. Did not have the headphones plugged in. We're off and rolling here. I didn't realize you weren't paying attention. I looked up and I was like, wait, what are you doing? I was playing, I, I heard nothing coming out of my headphones because my headphones were not plugged in. So there you go. Uh, welcome into the Mike Rutherford Show. It's Wednesday, April 6th. We're here until 6 o'clock. If you haven't noticed already, my voice still not great today, which means... Better? I don't, I don't think so. I, it's going to have to be a TK heavy day again. You're going to have to step up. Oh, no. And you're, you've are you already said the first thing you said today was how you were tired. So I'm sleepy. Not a great start. Not feeling good about the next three hours, but we're going to do what we have to do. Well, you know what the good news is? I need some good news. It's a Wednesday night. AEW? AEW night. Thank God. Orange Cassidy? Because wrestling doesn't take an off season. Gangrel? Gang- <laughs> Orange Cassidy might be there. So Samoa Joe will be making his AEW debut. Oh, thank God. Good God, we're off. I mean, two minutes in. Headphones are off, AEW talk. What are we doing? Joe, 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 Joe. Stop, stop. So this morning, I, I, I was talking to Troy about this before we came on air. I keep forgetting that my voice is kind of off because when I'm talking normally, you can't really feel the, like, it, it doesn't give out the way it does when you're trying to emote or, you know, speak with inflection. So this morning, I, I'd agreed to go on uh, one of the Yahoo Sports radio shows at 940 to talk about the NCAA tournament and wrap it up and put a bow on it. And I'd, I'd forgot. It was one of those mornings where I get like three calls from the same number. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Oh my God. Like, like please call back, Ron. Like, I'm, I'm so sorry. So I go on and I completely forget that my voice is As like a producer. This. I just had me talk I know, but person like I, you. <laughs> I know. He texted me, like, you still good? I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Um, but I go on and I completely forget that my voice is like this. It was like yesterday when we started the show, and I started talking. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't talk. So he asked the first question, and it's something kind of like what we started yesterday's show talking about. It was something along the lines of, you know, Carolina, so close. They, they lose by 15. Like, what will this game be remembered for when you look back on it, and will it be remembered as one of the – like an all-time great? And I, he asked the question, and I'm like, woo <laughs> I just want to start talking. Like, I, I, I can't get it in my – I was like, oh, my God, because I start talking off with the – my thought is, and like, it just, it cracks, it breaks, and like the whole rest of the interview, I'm just, I'm trying. I'm doing the best I can. I'm holding like the phone as close to my mouth as possible, and I'm like, 
the thing about Hubert Davis, like kind of like I'm doing right now, and I, I feel so bad at the end of it. Like while we're still on air, can we get the sound bites from this? I think it's out there. You can find it. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll find it. I'll retweet it during the break. But like, like while we're like when he's wrapping up and doing the whole like you know Mike Rutherford appreciate you coming on throughout the tournament you know good stuff there I'm like I'm so sorry about my voice <laughs> I was like I can't let this thing go to break without people who maybe haven't heard me on the show before being like who is this like like frog in the throat douche who can't make mm. it, like like form a sentence here and it's just raspy throughout this entire interview it was awful just tell me you were you, you were yelling at the tournament too much all the last. Three weeks. I gave everything that I've got you, you to the Louisville Bats. The, the, Louisville, wind, the wind in your face. <laughs> the Louisville Bats intro video. I put my whole soul into it. I mean, you recorded it. Oh, by the way, I, li- I listened to it. I watched that yesterday. It's a good episode. video. It's a good video. They are now officially 0-1. No, after the first game left. I never thought I'd be that invested in a Bats season opener, but now I feel like my personal brand is on the line here because the, the Louisville basketball video was such a disaster for the season. And I was like, you know what? I learned my lesson. I'm doing the Tebow promise speech. No one's ever going to narrate as hard as I'm going to narrate for the rest of my narrating days. And I need an international league championship from the bats to sort of solidify my presence as a narrator. And last night I'm checking the updates and I'm like, oh my God, it's the seventh inning and they haven't scored a run. This is, we're off to a terrible start. They come back a little bit and then they lose three to two. So not, not great. And the turnaround continues tonight as they will uh, be... Game number two for the bats here on the Big X right after we go off around 6.05. You said the turnaround continues as if I didn't just say that they lost their first game tonight. No, but they, they began to score late in that game. Okay. Well, as that, as that was the beginning of the, of the easy pebble rolling down the hill. Okay. I spun that well, okay, right? No, yeah, that w- wasn't terrible. wasn't right, terrible. Uh, 502-414-1450. I'm proud of myself after the <laughs> If you're not familiar with that number, that is the uh, Thornton's text line. If you want to text in the show, th- this should be a text-heavy day because the quote-unquote dead period has started. And I know, look, we love Louisville baseball. Trevor's going to be talking about his beloved Blue Jays throughout the spring and the summer. Oh, you know it. I will I, slap I, me in the face with reality. We suck. I will work some Reds misery into the conversation as well. But for a college sports market where basketball and football dominate the conversation for 12 months, we now are in that period of, what, about six and a half, seven months that is devoid of, of college football or college basketball. And this is when things get a little bit weird. I like it. I think it's fun. You do kind of walk in here sometimes. You're like, what the hell are we going to talk about for three hours? And then you find a way. How did you spend your first night hold of on. the offseason? Hold, hold, hold on. Hold on. I'm going to get there. I want to talk about that. Let me wrap up the Thornton sex launch spiel. <laughs> so this is the first of many days where the Thornton sex line can really help us out. Wednesdays have always been a text line heavy day, especially during football season when you were kind of in between that reactionary period from the past weekend and not yet at full-on preview stage for the Saturday game. So we've made Wednesday kind of the you-guys-direct-the-show type day, and we're bringing that back now with during the offseason. So 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We love Thornton's. We love our guys uh, over there. We love Alex Cupper. We love Kelly Leonardo. We love the fact that they uh, have the Refreshing Rewards app, which saves you money every time you need to fuel up, and you've never needed to save more money at the pump than you do right now. So download that bad boy and stop into one of the area uh, 1,578 area location Thorntons and, uh, you know, save some money, hop inside, grab a coffee, grab a donut, grab something for your throat so you don't sound like me when you have to talk to people and then text us on the Thornton text line at 502-414-1450. I'm sorry, Trevor. What were you saying? I can't remember now. Oh, uh, it was that, <laughs> the first night of the, the first night of the off season. 
you know, it's. I, I did kind of want to talk about this because there's nothing to watch on sports wise last night on TV. Yeah, it, I know. It, it, it's it's and, and there won't. Be. I mean, I, I, I like you said. Well, you have I, you have Reds. I have Blue Jays. Yeah, you at least get to watch on TV. I got to watch on the computer because for some reason they don't get all the local Toronto games here down in Louisville. Canadian bias, ridiculous. It, it, you know, this was the first NCAA tournament that I'd covered like I used to. Uh, yeah. Since 2019, because obviously it was canceled in 2020. Then last year, you know, I no longer nobody works at SBNation.com anymore. They gutted the entire uh, site, so they paid me to do a couple of, of spot duty things early in the tournament. But it wasn't like it, it was in the past. And then this year, thankfully, um, they had some extra money, so they were able to hire me for a month on a contractual basis, and it was fun. And I love the tournament. I mean, I could if we wanted to. And I know people don't want this to happen. Like we could spend the next five months just talking about past tournaments and tournament memories. And I could do it every single day. Like I, I love the NCAA tournament and I love being able to write about it. And, you know, even as sleepless as, as the days are, especially in that first week, it's still something that I really enjoy. But there's never a part of me when it ends that isn't a little bit relieved. Like that first night, last night, when you come home and you're like, there's no games, there's nothing to prepare for. You know, we still have some reactionary, some, some, post stuff that we're going to post this week and then you know we start doing the we will do like an early top 25 and grading the coaching hires and all that stuff over the next couple of weeks but it's different like you you finally get to breathe a little bit and it feels like you're being reintroduced to society a little bit like i get to watch what i want to watch i don't have to worry about you know being in the slack room and somebody um you know pinging me and and saying have you seen this can you do this can we get this ready for the morning and it's just nice it's always I, i love the tournament so much but when it's over i always need the break and it was nice to have that back. So last night, you know what I did? First move. And I knew this was going to happen uh, all along. Uh, Strive to Survive. Started the new season Whatever. of Drive to Survive. I had did to. Did I get it right? I even got it right, I think. Well, you said, I think, Strive. What was it? Drive. It's Drive to Survive. Okay, close enough, yeah. Not just a clever name. It's about <laughs> F1. Uh, but I watched the first, I think, two episodes. And okay. it's off to a raring start. I'm very excited about watching the rest of the season. I'm excited to get home tonight. Excited to watch it. It's going to be fun. How many episodes are in the season? I think it's like 10. I they're think. an hour long, right? Yeah. yeah. Couldn't tell you for sure. I, I think it's 10, but I'm very excited. Even though I know what happens, honestly, that makes me more excited. It's such a dramatic season. It's, it's going to be fantastic. You, you need a, uh, a Mary and the Kids visit the uh, in-laws like weekend so you can do it like you did McGruber. Oh, God, yeah. And just binge it this weekend with some Chinese food. I do, but at the same time, like, Mary needs a me and the kids visit the in-laws weekend because she's been <laughs> you know, she's her job is, is is just as demanding as mine was for the last month, and she still had to step up and do more stuff with the kids because I was working so many nights and stuff. So. Well, the weekend after this one, then. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we, we both could use a weekend away. But, yeah, I'm excited to, to binge more Drive to Survive. Um I was going to ask like what you are into now that the tournament's over, but you kind of just live that life normally anyway. <laughs> yeah, so. You just watch whatever you want all the time anyway. <laughs> it's not really a, like a new door opening. The tournament's Trevor over? <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the, there are no new doors opening for Trevor No, Kelsey. no, it's pretty much uh, every day ends in a Y. AEW, though. AEW night. It's back tonight. Joe. Back tonight. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll take your thoughts on the Thornton Stacks line. I want to start today's show by talking about, I, I guess, the – the only real big piece of Louisville sports news that has broken over the last 24 hours. We obviously had the the baseball game in Lexington against Kentucky that was set to be played last night that was postponed because of weather. There's some debate now. Is it postponed? Is it canceled? Are we going to play this thing? Uh, Louisville is saying postponed. Kentucky on its official website is also saying postponed. So hopefully they can find a way to play this game. The return game, because Louisville and Kentucky, they play twice every single year. 
one game in Lexington, one at Jim Patterson, is set for two weeks from yesterday. So we know that game's going to happen. We know the Cards will host the Cats then. But will the Cards go to Lexington at some point between now and the end of the season? Here's hoping. But the other big piece of news that happened um, yesterday, Jamari Johnson, another four-star prospect, another California kid from the class of 2023, has committed to UofL football. This was one that I think if you follow the recruiting people, they've kind of been hinting at it coming over the last three or four days. And Louisville, I know it's early. I know the rankings are going to change. But it's still it's exciting for a fan base that has been talking about for as long as I can remember why don't we get top 25 recruiting classes in football? We're not, you know, we're not irrational enough to think we should be in the top 10 every year when it comes to football recruiting. But every now and then, we should have a top 25 class. We should be getting some of these four-star players that are ranked in the top 250 in these recruiting service rankings. And right now, as it stands, Louisville for 2023 has the number one class in the ACC. And according to Rivals, the number six overall class in America. Suck it, Dabo. It feels good to say. I mean, we have, you think back, this past year's class, I think had only one consensus four-star player. There were a couple others that were four-stars in some services, but three in the others. It was uh, Popeye Williams. Right now, we have eight commits for 2023. Five of them are consensus four-star prospects. That's, this is what we've been asking for. This is what we've been wanting to see. This is what we've been dying for, whoever the Louisville head football coach is, to provide for us, and especially when things haven't been going well on the field, you need something that you can, something tangible that you can direct the fan base, point them to, and say, this is why things are going to get better. We're giving you a direct sign, direct evidence that things aren't going to be like this forever. Stick with us. And this recruiting class is one of those things. I'm not saying that Scott Satterfield can get away with a like four and eight season this fall, but if it's another kind of just whatever seven and five type deal where, hey, they were close in a lot of these games and they just couldn't get it done, just like last year and a little bit like the year before, I think people will only be willing to put up with it because they know these kids are coming. They know all these four-star prospects are coming. We know brighter days are ahead. Let's stay on the Satterfield train and let's get this thing going. Now, it would really help his cause if they go eight and four or nine and three this fall. And then you've got this on top of that momentum to help boost it and say, not only are we going to get better, we're going to be competing for ACC championships in the very near future. The Stoops effect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's called easy. The, oh, I know we're, we just won four games in two years, and, but hey, look, at, we've got some recruits coming in. It'll get, yes, I know we just went five games in a row, three years in a row. And our rivals need to be set the bowl game, but the recruits are building. I'll never get over the fact that the year, so I made it a point to to go back, and this was, I guess, it was before the season where Kentucky finally got good and won 10 games. Was it three years ago when they beat Virginia Tech? Something like that, yeah. So before that season, during Kentucky's preseason media day, he was like, we, we're, we need to take that next step. That's what this season's all about. And I was thinking in my mind, I'm like, I feel like he says this every year. So I went back and looked at it, and in each one of the prior four years, he had said, we have to take that next step. Like, we're winning some games. It's all about taking that next step. And so I posted the quotes from every single one of those four years. I'm like, I feel like we've heard this before. I'm going to assume it's not going to happen. It was a great tweet. Unfortunately for me, like four months later, they actually did take that next step, (laughs) and they've been pretty good ever since then. But I feel like we're kind of getting to that place now with Louisville where – Cool. We're putting up a lot of points. The offense is putting up impressive numbers. We're close against quality opponents, 
But my God, you got to start finishing some of these. Like the next step needs to be winning some actual games and getting to a point where we're not six and six. We're not four and seven like we were two years ago. Um, even we, we want to be better than seven and five. We, we want to be winning eight, nine games and flirting with double digits uh, win totals for entire seasons, whether that's with a bowl win or not. And we haven't been there yet. Hopefully that quote unquote next step gets taken this year. And then we keep taking steps forward until we're back to at least being in the discussion for, you know, right there with Clemson for winning the Atlantic division. There's, there's no reason why, Louisville, I mean, of course there's no reason why Louisville shouldn't at least be discussion for second place as long as Clemson's, you know, not being Clemson. And then there is discussion for being right there with Clemson. I mean, Wake Forest won the Atlantic this past year. Let's, <laughs> that's the. Just let's just thinking, kids. And that's kind of where I think a lot of the dissatisfaction with Scott Satterfield lies because nationally you still have a lot of people who are like, this guy, look at what he did at App State. He's so respected in college football circles. He's a X's and O's guru. He knows his stuff. This was just year three. Why are Louisville fans so upset about this? And one, I, I think, God, my voice. One, I, I think the South Carolina thing absolutely played a part in people holding him to a higher standard last year especially with the Jeff Brom, you know, stuff being out there as well. But two, Clemson being so down for the first time in really, you know, since we joined the ACC, being looking like they were a human football team and us not being able to capitalize on that, us not being the ones that were able to step up and, I mean, really not even be in contention to win the Atlantic Division was painful. I mean, we, we had that Wake Forest team beat in Winston-Salem we know they weren't anything special. We honestly know that there was nobody in the ACC last year who was anything special because we were in all those games. We should have won more than we did. And it felt, I think it felt for us kind of like it felt going back to those Mark Stoops years, UK, the early ones, where you know Florida and Tennessee were so down in their division. Georgia wasn't where Georgia is now. And UK couldn't step up and take advantage. Like UK was just kind of still floundering, going five and seven, six and six, seven and five, not beating the teams that they were supposed to beat, you know, losing to Missouri or South Carolina or whoever it was that they were favored to beat in a particular year. I mean, like that Missouri team that took advantage of it and went back to back exactly SEC titles right when they got yeah. to the SEC. That's kind of how I think Louisville fans felt this past year. It's one thing if you're squandering opportunities and going six and six or seven and five when Clemson is going twelve and zero and bulldozing their way back to the college football playoff. But when it feels like the division has opened up a little bit, finally, for the first time since you've been in the league, and you're an afterthought, you're also ran in this race, like, that sucks. I mean, we got here when Florida State was the king of college football. They just won the national title. Our first year in the conference, they go back to the college football playoff. And then every year since then, it's been Clemson right there. Like, we have had a dominant force not just only in our conference, but in our division every year since we joined the ACC up until last year. And we not only didn't take advantage, we we produced the the first back-to-back losing seasons that the program's known since Steve Cragthorpe was here. So all of that to say, it's great that this is happening on the recruiting trail because it we needed it right now. We, we needed something to, that the fans could latch onto and get excited about. But at the same time, if the product on the field isn't superior this fall, I think people's patience is going to, like, like, we're not going to be ready to wait around for these 2023 kids, not just to get on campus, but to be making big-time impacts once they get to their sophomore, junior seasons. So <laughs> the long and short of that rant is win some damn games. 
let's win some damn games. Let's let's make it happen. Do not lose to Syracuse to start this season. But hey, we're excited about what's going on. If you're if you're curious, by the way, with Jamari Johnson, who is a six foot five, two hundred and forty five pound tight end, but he's he, he plays tight end, but he's also listed as kind of an athlete. I think you can do a lot of different things with him. He was a converted quarterback. They okay, t- 6'5", 240? 245. Okay. They, I think they want to use him sort of in the way that they used Marshawn Ford, maybe even a little bit more. Like he's going to be a primary ball catcher. He's going to do a little bit of blocking. They've talked about you know, putting the ball in his hands on, on traditional run plays as well. Like all that stuff kind of is on the table. He... I always like looking at the offer sheet. It's one thing if you've got four stars next to your name, but it's another if your only other offers are Murray State and Morehead State and Jacksonville State and whoever else. But I guess Jacksonville State maybe not the best example right now. But he's got offers from Michigan State, Washington, Florida State, Arizona, a lot of others, a lot of Power 5 conference programs. I thought you were just going to stay with the whole state theme for a minute when you're like Michigan State, I, yeah. Florida State, Unintentional. Washington State. <laughs> but he, you know, he, he in his Kansas com- State. <laughs> in his comments where he was explaining the decision, he said, like, I know that they have a lot of tight ends in there already, but they have sort of said to me, we're going to utilize you in a different way. And he said, like, I like this. This is, we'll do, you know, we always do the old man stuff at the beginning of the show, I feel like. Well, and you kind of throughout the show. Oh, in life in general. Yeah. yeah. But he talked about how, like, academics are actually important to him. And he said that their bioengineering program is great at Louisville. Oh, it's top notch. So I feel like they have a strong program there. Academics are a big deal for me. Me and my mom, we love the support up there. I mean, he spoke the way that you want a commit who still has a full season of high school football to go to speak. He talked about the fact that, like I'm done with recruiting, I I think his exact quote was like, uh, I, I'm I'm done posing for these pictures and talking to these coaches. It's annoying. Like he's he's basically said I'm committed. I'm done. I'm not taking any other uh, other visits. I'm not talking to any other schools. I'm focusing on school and I'm focusing on football. And then I'm going to go U of L. And that's what you want to hear. Like that's the perfect perfect answer for somebody who's just committed but has a full year to go. He said about his commitment, I feel great about it. Louisville's the perfect school for me on and off the field from a football standpoint. I really like the offense and the opportunity there. I like how they plan to use me in the offense, moving me around, play out wide, in the slot, and also use me as a blocker as well. They have some tight ends there already, but I'm coming in ready to compete, and I think I can bring something unique to that offense. Like, that's all good stuff. Everything that I hear makes me like Jamari Johnson. makes me happy that he's coming here to be a Cardinal. I approve. Thank you, Trevor. There you go. Uh, if you've got thoughts <laughs> that are superior to Trevor's, please text us at 502-414-1450. I will take a break. We'll come back. Uh, there's one particular topic that the text line wants us to address. So, hey, it's your show. We'll do it. We'll talk about it, uh, even though I've said in the past that I prefer to stay away from this particular topic. But it's out there, so we'll get to it. I'm a little nervous. That's coming up after the break uh, here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X.
I'm mad that you played Ramble Man earlier. I would have liked to have tried to have sung it when you came in with it one segment. Sorry. I love the Almond Brothers. Do, do you have any, do you have any uh, requests to attempt to sing later on? No, because I can't, I can't really sing anyway <laughs> right now. Uh, welcome back in. First hour of the Mike Rutherford Show rolling on here on a gloomy, gloomy Wednesday. It's almost like that the weather gods recognize that college basketball season has come to an end. And in the city of Louisville, it means sad things. Although this year, maybe not, not as sad as most. I think people are ready to turn the page to a near, new era. But the last two days have been just awful, just gross, bad weather. For Louisville fans, it's been like the uh, like the cartoon guy with the, the cloud that just follows him around as he walks. Pretty much. Yeah. Which I love all the... Like now, I know, I know Bozich wrote a piece like this last night, but now their national piece is coming out about, well, Kansas is winning titles and you know, Arizona thrived this past season. And meanwhile, Louisville is still kind of on the sidelines waiting for the NCAA to get off its ass and, and do something. It's like, yeah, it's been five years. We, we've been talking about this for five years down here. Thank you for paying attention to little old us down here, the team that's won a national title within the last decade. Good God. Like, yeah, we get it. Do something. And then Mark Emmert came out again uh, on Sunday and and said something along the lines of how ridiculous it is that the IARP is taking this long. And they realize now that it's been kind of a disaster and they weren't really prepared for this. Like, you think? You think you formed this committee that was supposed to expedite the process and, and make this whole thing quicker and more fair. And they've got no idea what the hell they're doing. They've got zero clue what's going on. But... I suppose we'll get there when we get there. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. I love when they, they blame lack of preparation. Yeah. What, what, what were you expecting? I mean. I I, I don't know. <laughs> it, remember how they shut down the IARP like two months ago? They said, we're not taking any new cases because we weren't expecting to get this many. They got six. <laughs> six cases. They handled one of them. And the thing was. Nobody knew we're still the most recent uh, program to take our case to the IRP, which was what a year and a half ago. I mean, are there other sports like no. sending their stuff in there? Like- no. So it was just us, and the last case that they got, this flood of cases that they weren't preparing for, was a year and a half ago. So you're saying it took a full fourteen months for you to realize that you weren't moving as quickly as you needed to be with these again six cases now five. You also, like, they made this whole process easier on themselves by saying, we don't have to do our own investigations. If something comes up in a court of law or during a deposition or something of that sort, we're allowed to use that information for ourselves as our own investigation. We don't have to find out these same facts on our own. So you have quite literally, like, cut down on 80% of the work, the legwork that you were supposed to be doing yourselves, and you still can't make any process. It's been five years since this whole thing started. And we've had one case resolved. They've been busy. They they joined the gym. I never really processed (laughs) 9-11. The second season of Bridgerton came out. I don't don't know. I'm still getting over the death of... We're in a golden age of streaming television. There's too much stuff on. There's too much to watch. Stranger Things dropped. I mean, it was... They just were so like all these people were just so shocked by the notion that 18 year old kids and their parents were getting paid off by colleges that they needed some time to, to process this. They needed well, some mental health breaks because, yeah. you know, it's, it's just it's a shock to the system when you find out these horrors are happening behind closed doors. 
McRib was back. I mean, <laughs> uh, by the way, exciting time. <laughs> I know everybody loves the updates on the just everything failing at CC headquarters, the Rutherford household just completely falling apart every single day. We lost power again this afternoon. <laughs> no reason. It was raining. It was it. Like two thousand people in the general, like the hospital lost Should power apparently. <laughs> Can I suggest a uh, backup generator for maybe Christmas? That's what I'm talking about. Like I, I think LG and E is they're working in concert with Big Generator. You know, the, you know, you got Big Oil, Big Tobacco, you got Big Generator out there, Big Power, and they're trying to force my hand and get me to buy a generator, and I don't want to do it. This is a weird coincidence, since you know we've also lost power to Big X more times since you've joined the family. I know. Well, Trevor, or- like 11 years we've been on the air, and you come in, we've lost like we lost like three times in the first six months. Is there something about me that just getting cut at your own house shuts down power? Am I anti-electricity? I don't know what's going on here. But Troy was talking about how when they moved here to this place, they talked about how people had warned them in this general area they lose power a lot. But the issue hasn't been here. It's been the Indiana studios, which again before I started working here, like never lost power according to you and TJ and everybody else. So it's hard not to take it personally. Is what I'm trying to say. How long was it out today? For today was only like an hour. It was, like, it was like 11.15, and when you check, you know, you report the outage on the website, and they give you an estimated time of power being back up, and it said 2 o'clock. And, you know, I work from home. Mary works from home. We're, like, the, the kids can't do anything, basically, when the power's off. So, like, it was a not fun hour while we're trying to figure out what the <laughs> hell to do. But thankfully, it came on, and we were Well, now, though, you can, you, as long as you have enough battery life on the laptop the, and the phone, the phone, you go to the hot spot. And, yeah, yeah. That, was the, that, that was the play for a little bit. And thankfully, we, uh, we, we got going. Uh, a couple of people have asked this. Is Nolan official yet because UofL hasn't made any sort of press release? There's nothing official on any of the coaches that's out there. Um, I wish it would. We could get there. I think that there – it seems to me like Kenny Payne wants to announce the entire staff at the same time. Like that seems to be what's going on here. But Nolan Smith is as official as it can be without actually having – the press release out there and the press conference happened. Like it's it's done. It, it's been reported by everybody who covers college basketball. Nolan has reportedly told everybody at Duke that he's taking this job. I think he's here, um, already starting to to get the ball rolling. I've got a question for you. I don't know if you heard this and or maybe the text line can help me out. I watched the clip of Jay Williams on whatever show he's on with Keyshawn Johnson. I think it's like Keyshawn and Jay Will and somebody else like the way. I don't know. I can't. I, I don't watch ESPN streaming program. Don't either. So, <laughs> but there's been a thing that's been out there for the last 24 hours or so, where Jay Will, who is maybe as consistently wrong as anybody who's on television these days, <laughs> has given the take that Nolan Smith Was he hacked again. <laughs> God, God. <laughs> he gave the take that Nolan Smith coming to Louisville is potentially evidence that Mike Krzyzewski is going to go back and coach Duke. And I listened to his two-minute rant about this on his show, and I still have no idea, no idea how he got from that piece of news to his final point. If somebody can walk me through this, like what his general belief is, because he's saying something like, Nolan was the guy getting recruits at Duke, which is not... 100% true. Shire was the, the the primary recruiter on most of the guys who they have coming in for next season and in the last several years. But he's like, no one's the guy getting the guys. And when he leaves, because Coach K is leaving, it just goes to show that they may have some trouble getting some guys now. And I, I still, I, I've got no idea, like, and then he ends it by saying, like, 
I, I think Coach K may come back. And I, I don't understand the whole point, but people are like, well, Nolan Smith going to Louisville could wind up resulting in Mike Krzyzewski coming back to Duke. And Initially, that's the thing. Nolan Smith and Coach K didn't like each other? I, I don't understand what he's trying to say at all. As is typically the case with Jay Will, the point that he's trying to make is lost on me, and I don't think it makes any sense. But also, look, we, we've been talking about this for the, since late January, that the widespread assumption has always been Nolan Smith's coming to Louisville and he's going to be on Kenny Payne's staff. Like, that's... Yeah, that was the first name came up. Everybody said it. Inconsistent, yeah. And it's been the only one that people have continued to say, this is happening. Don't know who the other guys are going to be, but if, if Kenny Payne gets this job, Nolan Smith is coming. And... That leads me to believe that, I mean, there's no way Mike Krzyzewski was blindsided by this. Like, he has to have at least been a little bit of aware of the scuttle. And Sounds like more of a Shire issue than I mean, Kay at this point. I would guess that Nolan probably, like, let them know at some point, like, that if this happens, especially after KP got the job, that, like, this is, hey, guys, just, just keep you in the loop here. This is probably going to happen. Like, they had to have at least been somewhat prepared for this. I don't think this was a, a, a huge shock to at least anybody within the Duke basketball program. It may, I think it shocked some Duke fans because they've expressed that over the last 48 hours or so. But I would assume that people in the know there who are behind closed doors at Cameron Indoor kind of at least had some idea that this was going to happen. I would expect it. So I'm not really buying that whole thing. Now, I, I did like the quote. I, I read the big Sports Illustrated piece today on John Shire and, you know, the preparation that has gone on throughout this year to get him and the staff ready for next year. And there was a quote from Nolan Smith who, who was like, you know, he's got to keep me on his staff because I had him in my wedding. And they were like, well, now he's having to replace his, the top two Duke assistants himself and Nolan Smith. And also, I, I just don't think that this is that type of a, like, I, I had, Shire had to have seen it coming. Like, I, I just, I'm not buying this whole he got blindsided and now it means that things are whatever. Um, not going to work. Uh, Texer has wanted us to talk about this DJ Wagner interview. Uh, he says, I read the DJ Wagner interview and a couple of questions. If he goes to Kentucky, how soon would you like him to make that commitment? Second question, why are you less upset if he goes to Memphis and UK doesn't get him as sort of a consolation prize? I don't know if this is for us or for KRC. This has got to be a KRC. Text. Sounds like a KRC text. But the saying us in Kentucky in the same verbiage, I don't think that's us. The DJ Wagner stuff, there's been, I guess, some movement recently that people are like, well, he may not go to Louisville or Kentucky. He may wind up going to Memphis. I, no idea. But Travis Branham, who, who covers recruiting over at 24-7 Sports. Death penalty. Yeah, I mean, they, <laughs> if you thought Kansas facing five level one violations was bad, they got seven over at Memphis. And some of them <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of them involved shredding documents that the NCAA was, tr was trying to get. And also playing a kid that they had openly been told was ineligible. So, yeah, Memphis, I would say, if you're betting on it, one program to miss a tournament out of this whole group, Memphis is probably the safest bet. I just figured some – I love Larry Brown. I just I barely looks at these allegations like – this is my masterpiece. This is my swan song. I can retire at peace now. Larry Brown is like the, the gif of the guy who, when they're all on the, the platform with the nooses around their necks and about to be hung, and he's like, first time? Like, I think to the guy next to him, that's Larry Brown right here to everybody with Memphis basketball. But here, I, I want to get your reaction to this because this interview via 24 7 Sports, I think, took some people aback on both sides of the rivalry here. But so DJ Wagner, they caught up with him got some updates on his recruitment, asked him about Kenny Payne, how this changes things. 
here's what he had to say about his recruitment. He said, it's going good. I'm enjoying every part of it with all of the coaches reaching out and stuff. It's a blessing for anyone to reach out. So right now I'm enjoying the process. He then was asked about Kenny Payne. Like, do you know him? What's your thought on him? How does it change things? He he was asked. Much you love him? Yeah, the question is, yeah, have you had deep have you had deep talks with him <laughs> about about your recruitment? Now this is serious. I want you to get your okay, reaction. Okay, okay. He said, not really, not too much, not a lot, but he's definitely a great coach. I know that he was a great coach at Kentucky, and I know that he will do a great job. But I don't have a super personal connection with him. Does that take you aback a little bit? A little fan in me would say he's just playing it off. I'm. I mean, that was my hope. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I hope this isn't actually that's true. The, that's that's the little spin side of it. He's just playing it off. He 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 acknowledged he he knew him from Kentucky, so there is a relationship there. I, he just he just doesn't want. He doesn't want people to start start sending him the nil the the, the the nil opportunity still. Now here's what he said about Kentucky a paragraph later. He said they definitely are recruiting me hard and it's a great school. I'm still open to everyone, but Kentucky is a great school and I love Kentucky. It was definitely an honor seeing how much they supported me and it's really an honor when any coach comes to watch. But that was definitely great that they all came to watch me. I don't like I don't like those two comments back to back. I don't want to read too much into this because you know Kenny Payne is just now starting to do stuff. He just got the job a minute ago. But going from I don't really know Kenny Payne, and then the next quote like I'm still open to everybody, but Kentucky's Kentucky, and they're and it meant a great deal that they. I mean Calipari the day after Kenny Payne gets that job takes the entire staff to go watch the kid play. That's a it's a power move, and it's a move that I think just went to show how much he prioritizes DJ Wagner and how much he sees Louisville as a potential threat to come get him if the right moves are made behind closed doors. But, I mean, as of yet, we're, it sounds like we're not yeah, really yeah, in the game. Nolan, get, tell, tell Shire, give him the high five on the way out the door. we got to get you up there, up to New Jersey. We've got to get we gotta get Purvis back on the phone. Milt, where's going. Milt? Where's Milt? Come on! I mean, Milt, make this make the announcement. If he is going to be on the staff, let's go ahead and get that ball rolling. Let's let, let's go. A couple of other people have pointed out this too, like the Nike EYBL circuit, the biggest world in recruiting right now. It starts this weekend. All the coaches in the world are going to be there. This is when they get the ball rolling. This is when they really start to make inroads with a lot of these kids. Would love to have this staff finalized, or at least the two guys that we've heard about, if they are going to wind up being two of the three assistants would love to have them officially announced in the next 48 hours. So we can, we can get this thing going. Like, like let's, let's go ahead and start making some moves. Uh, also on bas- on the basketball recruiting front, the McKenzie Baco kid who I keep talking about, whose name I, I have no I idea. I think you got that one right, by the way. I'm just guessing. I've, I've never heard it pronounced, but he's the number three overall player in the class of 2023, but he has announced a final four and does not include Louisville. And, he was asked about each one of his final four schools and like there was no reference to Nolan leaving for, for Louisville or how this changes things, or I may still be open. Like he wants to make a decision soon. He said, and he's down to Kentucky, uh, Memphis, Duke and Ohio state. I think the best thing for us is if he stays with the Duke commitment at this point, because it, you know, just, just kind of, we don't want to be losing kids to Kentucky because Nolan took the job at Louisville. Um, Ohio State wouldn't be that bad. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah, go, go to Ohio State. Be fine. <laughs> but it was a little bit disappointing for me to, to to hear that he is like he still has pigeonholed himself. Like it's these four. It's nothing else but these four. I'm committed. 
I'm making a, a commitment soon. I think he said within the next week was his exact time frame. Because I was hoping, you know, number three kid from New Jersey, a lot of connections here. No one was his primary uh, recruiter at Duke. Maybe, just maybe, we could get him to flip, but it sounds like that's not going to happen. So disappointing news there. Come on, Nolan. Texas says Coach K is coming back, no doubt. <laughs> I kind of want it to happen, though. <laughs> Still don't think it's out of the room of possibility for next year. What I say? I said 25%. I gave it 15. 20, one in four is a huge, huge uh, percentage <laughs> there. Uh, Texas says. Hey, we got to go big. What can I say? The texter who, who brought that up, he said that actually wasn't a KRC text. Uh, I guess talk to text screwed up my text, but you all answered it anyways. Thanks. No problem. That's what we're doing. We're answering it whoever it was for. You're damn right. Yeah, we, we answer KRC text anyway. Yeah. We don't care. <laughs> Texas, is Jay Williams the biggest idiot in college basketball besides Dan Dockage? It's He's close. He's up there. Does Dockage even count as a college basketball guy anymore? He's Yeah, he's only on Twitter, right? He's, on, he's got his radio show in Indianapolis, and he's doing stuff with Clay Travis, whatever he is, but he's not doing ESPN college basketball stuff anymore. So, Jay Williams, congrats, you win. You're now number one. Just don't tweet about the Celtics anymore. You'll get in trouble. Texas says, with DJ Wagner, the longer he waits to commit, the better it is for us. If he was a 2022 player, that interview would concern me more. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a, a very fair point. He's got, I mean, he, he could wait. Theoretically, he could be still uncommitted a year from now. So the fact that he's saying, I don't really know Kenny Payne, we don't have a super connection, we're just kind of getting to know each other, it's, it would be very concerning if he had said, I'm committing like the Mbako kid in the next week, I want to get yeah. this over with, let's go and get the process going. But he has, he, in that same interview, he says, I've got no time frame, I'm just going through the process. Like, we're going to be a player in this. Like, th- this is, I don't want to say definitively, because who knows, maybe the Memphis chatter is real. It sounds like Villanova has pulled off because they – recognize that he's not going there but i'd be surprised if this doesn't come down to kentucky versus louisville and we've heard brett dawson say it on the show we've heard kyle sucker say it on the show well you haven't because you were gone but which is why they were on the show they both have said like this is going to be the biggest recruiting battle in the history of of louisville versus kentucky like they've been big time players that the two have battled for but this is the number one player in the class and not only that he's a kid who both has a legacy at louisville and has a close family relationship with not just John Calipari, but the entire Calipari family. You've got that going on, and then you've got the new blood, the Kenny Payne. Can he make a big splash? Can he put a dent in John Calipari's empire and Lexington and all that stuff? Like, this is a... I don't want to, like, over-dramatize what's going on here, but this is going to be a huge deal that we talk about consistently from now until whenever the kid makes a decision, and it's going to have waves that we feel the effects of for, I think... Years into the future. It's not like somebody I'm selling a wrestling pay-per-view to on tonight's I'm WWE. serious, though. Uh, <laughs> what would be the, the biggest recruit head-to-head Louisville UK before this? Then? I mean, Marcus Teague? Trey Lyles? Are those even contests? I mean, especially with the fact that... We're, I mean, both we're, five stars. No, but I mean... Not the number one player. Wasn't Lyles the one that UK was like, I didn't even go watch him play? Lyles was the one that... Or is that Teague? I think it was Lyles. Okay. Lyles was the one that hurt L the most. Yeah, because of that. So I'm saying, was that really a contest? For, I mean, that, that felt like just like, you know. Teague hurt Patino a lot because Patino had put in effort with that kid since he was like in eighth grade. Lyles hurt because they felt like they prioritized him once he became one of the top players in his class. And because when he came here on his visit, like he and his dad both left and they were like, that couldn't have gone any better. 
Like you, you guys did everything you possibly could. You answered all of our questions perfectly. He had a great experience. The visit was absolutely perfect. And at that point in time, Kentucky was like not, I don't think it even offered him. And then Kentucky at the 11th hour swoops in. They're like, hey, man, you want to come here and play? We don't, we don't really, we, we can't spell your first name, but we'd love for you to be a Wildcat. And he's like, okay, cool. I'm going to be a Wildcat. And L felt like they'd pulled out all the stops and Kentucky kind of half-assed it and they still got him. And that was when I think officially Patino and everybody was, L was kind of like, all right, we're done going after kids who even have a chance at going to Kentucky because we're not going to win these wars. And then Trey Lyles was traded on draft night for Donovan Mitchell. And everybody in the Jazz organization was happy. Like, they hated <laughs> Trey Lyles. They were like, this guy sucks. Denver was like, ah, oh, well, at least it's legal here. De- <laughs> Texas says Jay Williams never coming on the show. Uh, yeah, you're right. That's never <laughs> happening. Texas says pain could kill it at Louisville, but I won't believe any of the hype until I see it happen. I mean, that's – it's fair. Yeah, I mean – Like, I'm getting into the – I'm excited because it's a new era, and I want to be excited. I think anytime you have some fresh, you know, faces in the program when things haven't been good before they got they arrived, it's going to make you excited. I love the idea of us being in on all these five star kids. Hopefully, in the in the very near future, I love hearing about the new staff. I I thought Kenny Payne's introductory press conference day was was awesome, seeing all the former players. But at the same time, like I'm not going to be out here doing the whole. National titles are coming in the next three, four years. Like oh, the, not until the first recruit signs. Well. Then it begins. Then the rest of sports boom. I'll get excited about all that stuff, but I won't be – like, I'm not going to make any bold proclamations about the future of Louisville basketball and what we are and are not going to do with Kenny Payne at the helm until I see him coach some games. And I think that that's a completely reasonable position to have. Like, There's with no North – room for reasonable in college – in, in sports radio, well, yeah, I mean, just I like, know yeah, it's it's not <laughs> ideal for sports radio. The best Come thing, on. I mean, I need to either be doing like this guy's going to win five games next year, or this guy's going to win a national title if the NCAA doesn't get involved next year, right? It's got to be it has to be all extreme one way or the other. Like I'm, I'm glad Kenny Payne's the head coach. I think it's cool. He seems like a, I mean, I don't know him from Adam. I've, I've never talked to him, but everybody that I do know who's had an interaction with him or who has a relationship with him speaks glowingly about him. He seems like one of the most well-liked guys in, in all of basketball circles. I'm excited about the, the people that he's bringing back into the fold and the players that he could go out there and get. But I'm not going to come out here and predict that he's the greatest coach since you know John Wooden until I see him actually coach a game. I think that's fair. What should Kenny Payne's text be to DJ Wagner to, to, to get his – Hey, DJ, it's KP here. Remember me, UK guy? How's it been? Hanging out in Louisville now. Nice new city in the state. Grandpa's stopping by. Hit you me seen, up sometime. You seen this Will Smith, Chris Rock stuff? <laughs> if not, just Google. Google Chris Rock, Will Smith. You can read more about it there. Got your number from Grandpa. Said you, got, said you developed a little bit of a jump shot. Remember that? Remember when I watched that Transformer back in the day? <laughs> oh, I mean, Kenny Payne, we talked about how hard it is for like Guys in their 30s, Kenny Payne's 55. Like, he don't want to be doing this. He don't want to be texting 17-year-old kids. I don't know how they do it. I still – I know it's a conversation from yesterday we don't have to get back into, but – That's what I'm curious. What, what, what Kenny Payne's little intro line is going to be. Uh, texter says – this is a KRC text, I believe. Um, uh, Ty Ty Washington has entered the draft. Oh, has he? Not coming back. It says, how do you think that affects our chances of getting Wagner? 
I don't think it affects it at all. Yeah, did he, one yeah. way or the other. I mean, Wagner's still a year away from playing college basketball. So, like, Ty Ty, I don't think anybody, even if he did come back for another season, which nobody was really expecting, I don't think anybody expected him to be back as a junior. So, the Wheeler kid is the is the bigger deal. Like, all of the point guard talk and who was going to stay and who wasn't going to stay, like, that had an effect on Sky Clark. I think that's – Sky Clark basically decommitted because he heard Seville Wheeler was going to stay around for another year. Yeah. But Ty Ty, I don't think it has an effect on anybody. No. Because it was expected. Except Ty Ty. Do you think Sheway stays, Trevor? Mm. He won every <sighs> National Player of the Year award. Consensus National Player of the Year. Yeah, but so did Garza last year. Where's he playing at right he now? He didn't, though. Luka Garza did not win consensus. Oh, he didn't? There was one, because they're like 15. I, I've been, <laughs> well, <laughs> I've made this argument for years. College basketball needs a Heisman. Like, it's fine with, I'm fine with having multiple National Player of the Year awards, but let's all agree that there's a big one, right? There's Who would one. You it after? I mean, the Naismith Award has the most voters. It's after James Naismith. Like, just make that oh, one yeah. the big. Like, let's, let's prioritize that one. That's the one that you, if you win, you're the guy. Because you know, there's like I'm a, all for that. You know, there's the Heisman in football, but they also have like there's a well, they have it by position too. U.S. Football a, Writers Association Player of the Year. They get oh, there's okay. an AP Player of the Year award. There's another Player of the Year award that's named after a, a different player. But nobody cares about those. Like no. it, it's the Heisman. If you win the if you're the AP National Player of the Year, but you didn't win the Heisman, nobody recognizes you as the best player in college football. No, we need that on the basketball side of things. Cool, oh. like you won the you know, whatever award. But if you didn't win the Naismith, you're a joke. Like, you're not the best player. That has to happen. Consolidate the awards. Do whatever you got to do. But let's – because nobody even cares about who wins College Basketball Player of the Year. And I'm not just saying that because Sheboy is doing it. I've said this in many years past. Uh, But to answer your question, we talked about yesterday about our our past swing and misses with our predictions for – on what college players could develop and be NBA guys, and you think I had some, some like you know bad batting averages back then when I was actually watching both of them consistently and thought I knew what I was talking about. Uh-huh. Haven't watched as much NBA the last couple of years, but but little, but for the reason why and what little I have watched, kind of like with 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 Kofi last year, being, being the fact that I knew it was positive. You're like, of course he's going to come back. Why would he go anywhere? He, he's not going to play. He can be a good college player, but he's not an NBA player. I feel a lesser degree, but the same way with Oscar. I mean, I just it's. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get paid if you go. You're gonna end up playing probably some in the in the in the, in the NBA. But I mean, I think it's simple. I, I don't know. I just I wonder if he can be anything more than like a like a PJ Brown. And I don't know if that kind of player is can even thrive in today's NBA. I think it comes down to how badly he wants to get quote-unquote revenge for what happened in the NCAA tournament this year because his stock's not going to ever be higher than it is right now, which isn't great. Like, it, like people don't see him as a future NBA star. They don't see him as a future NBA. Like, is he projected as a first-round pick? I mean, it's kind of hit or miss, depending on where you look. Like, if he comes back, I mean, again, like he can't do anything more than he did this past year. He broke all those rebounding records. He became the first player to average however many points and however many rebounds in like a million years. Won every National Player of the Year award you can win. The only thing that he didn't do was play his way deep into the NCAA tournament. So if he if he wants to start his professional career, if he wants to get paid for doing what he's been doing, I guess paid more for doing what he's doing uh, right now at the college level, then 
so be it. Like, like I, I don't think a year from now he could. He's going to be like a lottery pick because of how he plays. Because again, he can't do anything more than what he did this, these last five months. But if it's all about, I love Kentucky. I love being a Wildcat, and I don't want to go out as the guy who was the best player on a team that lost to a 15 seed in the first round of the tournament. Then he comes back. If that's a secondary concern for him behind making more money and trying to become a multi-millionaire NBA player, then he goes. And I think it's that simple. I did love Calipari's quote where he was like, you know, they asked him about the decision and he said he's going to go through the process and he come, he'll come back and we'll talk it through together. And then he said, if he chooses to come back, then our whole thing's going to be, okay, let's win a national title. Let's go. And I was like, well, if he doesn't come back, is that not, is the, is the goal different? Is like, if he, if he chooses not to come back, our whole thing is going to be, all right, let's make it to the second round this year. Let's go. I was just like, what a weird way. Of course, like you're, you're Kentucky every single year. You should be talking about winning a national title. I think the same is true at Louisville. I know we started this year, not in the top 25, but we still had that intro video where Chris Mack is like, our goal is to win a national championship. That hasn't changed. Like that should be the goal. If you're one of the 15 <laughs> best programs in college intro basketball video with your voice on it, <laughs> well, look, we don't need to be bringing up old stuff. <laughs> neither, did. neither here nor there, but like, like that should be the goal, regardless of what your roster looks like. If you're the head coach of Kentucky, even if you're number preseason number one, number five, number twenty-eight, you talk about winning national titles. It was a weird quote to me. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Hour number two is on the way next. Uh, we still haven't gotten to the thing that the text line wants us to talk about the most. We'll do that. I promise. Coming up uh, in the second hour, all that coming up here on the Mike Rutherford Show on fourteen fifty and ninety six one, the Big X. theme today or is it just Trevor woke up at 215 theme and couldn't think of the theme so he just went with he's going on the uh, off the off the hip you were I, I didn't even put the songs list together today I'm literally picking by the break you're sluggish today I am man is the weather is it I guess what so what you were doing last night I, I don't know what was going on I mean I, I, I need to talk to me <laughs> what's wrong buddy it's, we're in the trust circle here trust tree uh, I don't know. I mean, wasn't it? I mean, I stayed up a little late last night playing some MLB. Oh, yeah, the show came out at midnight. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, the night before, yeah, but yeah. I didn't play much last night, the night before because it was midnight. And I, was I did tired. see that the show has the Reds rated as the, I think, 29th team. <laughs> you didn't see that until just yesterday. Oh, I saw somebody else. <laughs> Uh, was it was it you? Because somebody else. Oh no! I take it back. That was that was you. I give you the spread maker. You did, but I saw the ESPN today rankings on Twitter. They ranked all every MLB team and had the Reds at twenty five. So either way, people are very high on the Cincinnati Reds this year. I can't wait. So, uh, yeah, the highest rate player is Votto at eighty three. Did you see Votto's TikTok today? No, he has a TikTok. Yeah, he's doing. He's he's mimicking some like. 
very hot female dance thing, and he's dressed as Harry Potter while doing it. I don't, I, I don't pretend to understand Joey Votto ever, but it's the best thing that we've got going as Reds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we are. And what, what chance do the Bats have when this is the parent company? <laughs> Ten straight losing seasons for the Bats. <laughs> they, 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 they were never given a chance. They Greg, were never given a shot. Greg Galliott's doing every <laughs> damn thing he can, and these Reds are just tanking everything. Bring Vince Goldman back. Trevor, we have had two now uh, very high-profile early top 25s for the women's basketball season coming up next year. We're number one. No. Two. In fact, we are way down in both. We're at the same spot in both these rankings. From both ESPN.com and The Athletic, the Louisville women's basketball team, and again, these are early, but I do think the women's early rankings have more validity than the men's just because fewer players leave school early. The transfer portal numbers are still high on the women's side, but they're lower than the men's side. Louisville's number 14 in both these rankings. And when will people learn? Good. When will people learn? I'm glad. Like every single year they do this. And, and they have the same rationale. And, and I, I guess this is based on the fact that we're losing two of our top three scores. Emily Angsler now is going to be probably a top five pick in the WNBA draft. Her draft stock is very high right now. You lose Chelsea Hall, who ran point for you this year. Uh, you lose Kiana Smith, who was uh, the other one uh, of your top three scores who's balancing. She's probably going to be a WNBA draft pick as well. But you bring back a lot of talent from that team. Haley Van Lith, I think it's safe to assume, is going to be even better as a junior than she was this past year as a sophomore, where she was probably your best offensive player on the team. You bring back Alana Smith. You bring back Olivia Cochran, who's your force in the middle. You bring back Mikasa Robinson, who's your best defensive player. You bring back Liz Dixon, who's more size in the, in the paint. You have a good recruiting class coming in. And then, and I know this is where the rankings will change when things, you know, when we get two months down the line. Jeff Walsh has been killing it in the transfer portal recently. I mean, Angsler was a transfer. Chelsea Hall was a transfer. Uh, Liz Dixon, transfer. Like, we have brought in a lot of talented players from other programs that have come here and been even better during their times as Cardinals, and you have to assume that that's going to continue. So I'll say this. I'll be shocked if 12 months from now we're looking at the final rankings from the 2022-2023 women's basketball season and Louisville's not better than 14 in those final rankings. Safe. I'm. I'm just glad they just keep giving Jeff just ammunition. For, Bad news bears. I mean, just, just, just. I mean, it's not. I mean, well, it's, it's like telling the Yankees, "Hey, we're going to give you a more a larger salary cap than everyone else." Yeah. I mean, it's just. I mean, keep doing it. Um, but please, thank you. All good. Um, Texture says, <laughs> "I like this text." Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. As I continue to battle the voice here, what a, what a terrible day for Trevor to be sluggish. I mean that, and I'm still clearing out my throat a little bit as well. I mean, <clears throat> <laughs> maybe not that. I mean, is it, you can hear me over here. Like, <sighs> at least I mute myself. Yeah, I, I don't have a mute button. Uh, excuses. You gave yourself all the you know the, excuses, the bells and whistles excuses. back there in the producer room. I've got nothing out here. Hey, you got your name on the show. Well, <laughs> I mean, it is my show. <laughs> But I don't have a I don't have a mute button. Uh, Texture says the silver medalist UK rifle star has entered the transfer portal. How will this affect DJ Wagner's status? Ooh, the rifle guys in the middle. UK is a good rifle school. It's a rifle woman. Ooh, oh, even better. Did you not see this yesterday? No. This was. Oh, this is a serious. Are you? This is serious. This like is text? a serious thing. But no, he, he, the texture is not serious about how it affects DJ Wagner's <laughs> recruitment. <laughs> how much of this is serious? So. 
this this woman. I actually meant to bring this up yesterday, but we got <laughs> shockingly we, we we got sidetracked a little bit and didn't have time for a UK rifle discussion. So There's always time for UK rifle discussion. I don't know how many colleges have rifle programs. I know UK they win the national title every single year. It seems like on both the men's and the women's side. So you know, and it oh, they're the only program. Well, the sad thing is, like, UK fans will always point to their status in the Director's Cup and the Sears Cup or whatever the hell you call it now, and you get the same amount of points for a national title in rifle as you do as a national title in football or basketball or baseball or whatever. <laughs> so I mean, it helps them out a lot in those Director's Cup standings. But UK, Mary Tucker is her name. She, I guess, was a silver medalist. She has been starring at Kentucky since she arrived. Hold on one second. I use that cough button. Oh, yeah. Did you use that cough button? Oh, you got a good one there. I think he's going to make uh, it. Yeah, I'm okay. So she posted on Instagram. Right, around 1230. I know. She posted an Instagram message yesterday, and it's long. It is lengthy. It's like eight paragraphs long. But the, the key part of this is, is the second line. She says, the second line of the whole thing. So basically, there's no reason to read the whole thing. Just read the first three lines. Pretty much. Okay. So she talks about everything I have achieved thus far from the NCAA championships to the Olympic medals. It's been achieved with the University of Kentucky supporting me. And then right after that, she says, That being said, <laughs> hold on, <laughs> hold it, Trevor, stop. That being said, for reasons I will never know, it's in my best interest to enter the transfer portal. You've never heard a transfer portal announcement quite like that. For reasons she will never know. She goes on. I mean, she thanks her professors. She thanks the academic staff. She thanks the advising staff. She thanks her tutors. She thanks everybody involved in academics. She does not thank any of her coaches. Oh, I think I think we found the reason. Do we have a UK rifle? Is this a Calipari situation? Is Rome collapsing? Is the the UK rifle empire? Being removed now, brick from brick. Is it starting to, to, to crumble a little bit here? Is this, um, uh, what was the women's coach who, well, which one that had all the other players revolting and leaving? The right, is this happening in the rifle program too? You mean the current women's basketball coach who just got an extension yesterday? <laughs> well, the one before her too, the one she replaced had the same problem too with him. Matthew Mitchell? Matthew yeah. Mitchell, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the baseball team a little bit too. Uh, okay. First of all, I don't know, right off the bat, right off the bat, I want to say that if, if the, there's one team I want. I think we need to keep the contestants very happy. It's the one that have guns. True. Can we can we can we at least all agree on that? Let's keep these players very happy. Can we get some deal deals on here? I mean, can we get some smiles on these faces? Turn these frowns upside down. Is does Louisville have a rifle team? No. No. <laughs> I guess it was just a smile of like acceptance. I mean, I, I think eleven <laughs> schools have rifle teams. <laughs> What's out of the other nine, nine of the other eleven in Texas. Imagine being like, <laughs> is a walk-on rifle team member like the most dangerous athlete in college <laughs> athletics? It's like you never know where Gary's going to spray it here. You ever seen Rudy? Just think like that. <laughs> it's like, oh god, here comes Billy. Put on the vest, folks. <laughs> Be at half the aim of Rudiger. You'd be an All-American by now. The stands empty out every time that Chelsea takes the <laughs> rifle. They don't know where this thing's going. This is going to be bad. But no, I mean, what a bizarre sentence to say. I, that being said, for reasons I will never know, I, it's in my best interest to, to enter the transfer portal. Like clearly, somebody forced her out. If you don't know the reasons, how do you know it's in best interest? I, it's one of the strangest announcements I've ever seen in college sports. If you want to call it a, a college sport. 
<laughs> it's time for her next adventure. <laughs> I mean, just all the pictures of her are just like, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to talk about it. This is, this is <laughs> there's nothing else I can say. There's nothing else I can say that won't get me in trouble. I wonder how creepy that text message is from the recruitment. Hey, <laughs> I already have no reason to transfer. <laughs> you want to look at my gun? <laughs> Texas says, what if she was like, I'm too big of a name to share the school with DJ F and Wagner. <laughs> there it is. Uh, Texas says, the word on the street is UK wouldn't let her get a NIL deal with a firearm real ta- retailer. I don't know that they're being serious or not. I would assume so. That sounds like plausible. That sounds. I, I could see UK saying no to it. We're okay with you shooting a gun for our, in our name, but you can't take money for to on your likeness in, in a product that is associated with your sport. Look, it's like no tie tie Washington. You can't use Spalding. There is a again. This is a topic that I, I feel like I have to dance around a little bit, but there is a market out there for young women who have an affinity for firearms i think that's i mean remember the, remember the gun girl who posed at kent state with her gun and she like come take it and she became like a a political hero for the right like she's very famous now for just being like a young girl who had a gun and was willing to talk about it okay i have no idea you're talking about best one you don't know who gun girl is huh. pooped her pants at a party google it what did you say before that? <laughs> it doesn't matter. We'll move on. Okay. <laughs> I can see this being a plausible scenario where she was being offered probably a large sum of money to do some NIL stuff yeah, for maybe some sort of firearm dealer or something else that UK did not want to be associated with or felt uncomfortable being associated with. And they had to tell her, like, you can't do this. And so she was going to go to a school that would allow her to make a ton of money from this while continuing to be a college what, rifleist is that is that the word <laughs> I, think so. I think that sounds right um because that's the only reason you would you would leave I'd america's top top rifle school if you're an olympic silver medalist and a national champion and all that good stuff like that's the only thing that makes sense so i i kind of believe that texture uh, i think, yeah, i believe it texture says kentucky is also the only school with a d1 tobacco spitting program <laughs> yeah. we can do better yeah come on we can do better uh, Texas says, gun girl pooped her pants at a college party. Hey, heard the same. Uh, Texas says, I thought that's what you said. <laughs> that is what I said. <laughs> Texas said she definitely shoots better than Jamal McClure. <laughs> that was, my, you know, weirdly I'd forgotten when I asked you about the recruiting thing, that was my name, my, that first thing that popped in my head. Was what? Jamal McClure. When I, when I asked you about the UK <laughs> recruiting. Did we recruit McClure? Yeah. That was before my time of like following recruiting. Yeah, because that was the big deal. Was he came to the, We were both somewhat in the hunt for him, and when he came to the Derby Classic, that was when UK supposedly turned the tide on us. And then we beat him, and he got mad, and he started trying to punch people. Yeah, but he's a Blue Jay fan, so it's okay. No, oh, it's not okay. I hate him, McClure. He's like one of my least favorite cats of all time. He came in and did an autograph session at Carbo Heroes, and he was, he was a good guy. Was he? Yeah. I want to hate him. I want to not like him. <laughs> this is why I don't like meeting people that I, that I follow in college sports, because I end up just liking everybody. Yeah, except for Tayshawn Prince. He's a tool. Okay. See, I, I always felt like Tayshawn Prince was a guy who I kind of would like. I, I didn't hate him as a UK player. You have a horrible sense of judgment. I, I clearly do. <laughs> I used to think it was one of my strengths. Apparently not when it comes to watching college basketball. 
I just remember because the year that we beat them, I think that was the year where they ended up winning the national title. I think that was the 97-98 season where like we were so bad. Yeah, we went in, they were ranked fourth in the country, went down there, Alvin Sims dunked all over. And that was the fight game, right? Where after after the game, he was like, trying to fight Nate Johnson and somebody else. Oh, I can't remember that. That wouldn't surprise me. I just remember it because I don't remember it. this was like the height of grade school UK UofL bickering. Ah, oh, those are fun days. It was great days. Yeah. And I just remember, like, two of my best, like, female friends were, like, you know, you always, always girlfriends, female friends, whatever you want to say. Like, they were gigantic UK fans. And after we beat them, like, the next day at school, like, me and my buddies were all, like, you know, suck it. Like, we, we beat you in basketball. You guys are terrible. <laughs> and they're, like, we don't even care about the game. Like, we were all into the fight. Like, McGlure kicked your player's ass. And I was, like, no, 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 no. Like, there was, like, one shove and, like, one missed punch. There was no ass-kicking going on on either side, and I got so mad about it. Just like, Nate Johnson, he's from Camden. Yeah, come on. Camden connection. Texture says, UK boosters, quote, we only have enough disposable income for one sharpshooter here, and they're going to be playing in Rupp Arena. Cat's accent. Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah, before when they going to get him. Texture says, Trevor's totally out of it today. You are totally out How of it. How am I out of it? You're, you're just out of it. You're not giving me anything. <laughs> opposed to what other day you, you i mean yesterday you were on top of it you were excited you were engaged i mean well what's there to, what was there talking about there's really not much to talk about today you give me nothing i'm sorry texas uk is not handling uh nil well well i mean they've had good deals on the football you know will levis is named after a damn horse now war of will he's got that deal Did you see that no. uh texas the girls <laughs> there's this gun girl's nickname is machine gun kelly are they the same person? <laughs> Do you know who Machine Gun Kelly is, Trevor? Yes. You only know Machine Gun Kelly, I would guess, because he dates beautiful women. Well, no, because we brought up the... He's with uh, Megan Fox, right? Yes. Who I think it's more of just her... She has a weird taste in men, personally, but... I mean, yeah, it does seem like it. Yeah, I mean, she was with Brian Austin Green. Remember the... Shia LaBeouf, too. Was she really with him, too? Yeah. Now Machine Gun Kelly? I mean, it, it, all roads lead to Pete Davidson. That's, that's how this thing ends. You know it's going to happen. You know, he does kind of look like somebody I can see her dating. Five years down the line. Yeah. Write this down. Rutherford called it. <laughs> but, uh, no, I know who he is because he also got – I've seen him on WWE, and I didn't realize until recently he I, he was he played uh, Tommy Lee in the uh, the movie The Dirt on Netflix about Motley Crue. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. You should check that movie out. It's the first one of the day for you. We've got more uh, – like I haven't given that to you as much recently. About the you, you no, should watch like, that you'd like yeah it. you should watch that you should like I know I did it yesterday because you you dropped the bomb on me about Beverly Hills Cop. Cop yeah and um I I saw one of them last night and I did watch uh, I don't know why I got caught up watching Twister on AMC which it's a great A Mary movie my wife who watches only twenty five movies over and over again oh that's Twister's that's a Mary movie them. Twister's a good one huge now, Mary tell, movie. now she doesn't want to watch it on AMC like I did last night because every I mean I, I lit up a cigarette. Three commercial breaks started by the time I smoked this one cigarette. I can't watch movies on cable anymore. I normally I can handle it. If, can't do it. I, I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm and ruined. It's just it was so bad. It was it was I was kind of upset because I hadn't seen Twister in a while and I was like, yeah, you know, you know, this is a good movie. I remember I went and saw this movie in theaters and I enjoy it. It's good. It's good for like you know loaded cast, but it's just the commercial breaks were getting very annoying. And then of course they followed that with Sixteen Candles, which I end up watching anyway. You you have seen Sixteen Candles? I have. I mean, it's just a question. It's not one of my favorites. Really? Out of his uh, repertoire. Eh, John Hughes, the John Wooden of the 80s movies. For sure. Ten, ten just classic hits in 10 years. Uh, better senior towards a freshman in movie cinema. 
Jake Ryan from 16 Candles to Anthony Michael Hall. Creepy. Or <laughs> or uh, Randy Pink Floyd to, to Mitch in Days of Confused. I thought you were going to go with Lucas, but <laughs> I'll accept it. Uh, Pink Floyd to Mitch. Oh, man. I don't know. See, I was thinking about this. I like the relationship. I mean, maybe that's got more long-term stability. But look at this way. Okay, Pink, he still gave him the pad a little bit. Slight, slight, you know, not as hard, but still paddled him a little bit. Oh, he, he did invite Tapped him. To, him. But he, and yeah, he invited, was not a paddling. He invited him to the party, but he's also trying to like bang his sister as well. Yeah, but I feel like that was sort of a secondary thing. That where, was an offer. Where Jake Ryan, not only did he have Anthony Michael Hall at his party at his house. Jake Ryan's creepy. Uninvited, but he was still there. The guy, he gives him his dad's Bentley, a six-pack of beer, and his hot girlfriend and sends him on his way. I feel like it's it's fake though, but that's that's a pretty cool thing to do as a senior to a freshman. If you're a freshman going to high school, which one do you think you would have been more appreciative of? I feel like the the Pink Floyd relationship, the Randall Floyd relationship, it'd been more beneficial long term. Quite possibly, you're helping me out, getting off on the right foot. You're a good guy to have in my corner. I feel like Jake acts. You don't think, think Jake's a good guy? Like what? I feel like a week down the line, Jake acts like he's never heard of you. <laughs> I don't know, man. I do. He's now dating your, one of your friends, your sophomore, your the my Ringwald. I mean, look what he went through for that. He gave her a birthday cake. He made her dream come true at the end. I think it's weird in movies, and I, I thought it was weird in movies until like I started dating my wife and hearing her experiences growing up. But like, I guess it's because I always went to bigger schools with with more kids like, i didn't know anybody who like, like the freshmen and the seniors didn't mingle like that's two di- <laughs> that's two different worlds if, if you were a senior dating a freshman that's you're a borderline pedophile like like that is first of all if you're 18 and she's 15 it, it's quite literally illegal that like, happened to was it uh, deshaun stevenson the utah jazz player remember he's out of high school and he he got a lot of people about a bad rep for stat- the statutory charge and it was like yeah, because he was a high school senior and she was like a sophomore. But think about yourself as a freshman in high school and then think about yourself as a senior in high school. It's basically two different human beings. Like, like those are two different lives. I think high school changes completely when you start to be able to drive. Like you can go out and do more things on your own. You go to parties. You start like it, it's a totally different social Did you not aspect hang, of high school. Did you hang out with any upperclassmen when you were at Trinity then? I mean, usually it's like not more than – like a year or two above me. Like I hung out with the class directly above me because we played sports together and I knew some of them before I even started. But like there wasn't a, I feel like at Trinity with so many kids, like it was weird if you were hanging out with somebody who was two years separated from you. No. Which I always thought it was weird going back and watching, do you watch Friday Night Lights, the TV show? No, the show, the TV show never did. I read the book and I've seen the movie. So at the beginning of the show, it it all makes sense. Like the, you know, the the star quarterback, by the way, gets paralyzed, episode one, spoiler alert. Um, Jason Street, I know I wrote it. Well, now I'm never. It debuted like 15 years ago. If you haven't watched it by now, (laughs) that's on you. It was on my to watch list. So it starts off like Jason Street is, he's the star quarterback and he's got, he's dating the, the, star cheerleader and she's gorgeous and his best buddy is tim riggins the beer swigging like bad boy who's the great big fullback and then the show goes on seasons down the line and you knew street was a senior because he was going to notre dame or florida state the next year and they're making his college plans (laughs) on your bike of your typical right school but then as the show goes along you you realize like riggins is in school for two more years lila his girlfriend's in school for two more years (laughs) and you're like this dude was hanging out with all sophomores he's like He's the, he's the number one quarterback in America. He's living life in small-town Texas, and he's not hanging out with any other 18-year-olds. Like, 
Oh. Is he just a loser? Well, even we'll even both. I mean, in, in his defense, somewhat. A Jake Ryan's is begins to in this in sixteen candle example is going off my run, who is a sophomore. He's That's a what I'm senior. saying. It's weird. Uh, but Ashton Kusher in uh, seventy show, he was like I think he, they were they seniors, and and, and Mila Kunis was a sophomore in the, in the television show world as well. She also was like way too young for that role in real That's, life. That in, in, she lied about her age. Image, yeah, I will be eighteen uh, in two years. Which leads to more creepiness on my side. And then and then what was oh, I had another example too and I can't remember. Oh, Ferris. Ferris Bueller. Another John Hughes. She's a year younger though. Another John Hughes movie, by the way, on top of it. Oh that. Maybe it says something about John Hughes. She was a junior, he was a senior. Yeah, yeah. which uh, there was a lot of that in high school, like senior state and juniors and, and vice yeah, and junior state and sophomores more. and yeah. stuff like that. But I always thought it was I mean, I had friends that were juniors when I was a freshman because I knew them but they were like, you know, in eighth grade when I was in sixth grade and also kinda of grew up in my neighborhood and stuff. Yeah, I mean I knew like of the seniors when I was a sophomore and stuff, but I wouldn't say like we didn't hang out on the weekends. No, I mean we were associates but yeah we weren't hanging out but so like when i whenever i watch these situations on in in tvs or movie shows i'm like that's not realistic at all like no and then i talked to my wife who's from like small town kentucky and she's like oh yeah like i got asked out by all the seniors when i was a freshman i'm like well i'm like of course you did like that's she's like yeah they'd come over they drive me to school i don't don't know how i feel about this but i'm like small it's like they're only like you know so many i'm a small town there are only so many boys in my class like how many are you going to date i'm like well i guess wow you're harassed when you go to harassed you it's gonna be a little awkward well <laughs> i mean it's just that class so yeah. um texture says mike is carrying the show today this is your jordan flu game an insult Texas says, I secretly loved Prince when he was at UK, fellow Southpaw, and loved it when he went to the Pistons. I have to ask Trevor again no, how no, that block no, tasted. No, 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 he said no. it was goaltending last time. Goaltending. It's not goaltending. Yes, it was goaltending. You go, look, look at the footage, which is doctored to make it look not like goaltending, but it was goaltending. Who is your classic like off-season sports radio in this market question? Who's the one UK basketball player that you liked like more than any other? Ooh. Um, the fact that it's taking you this no, long, I actually kind of like. I enjoy it. I can't really think of one. I mean, like post career, I liked Gerald Fitch because he was again. I met him doing an autograph session. I thought he was a funny dude and kind of a good guy. Um, that's about it, I guess. I mean, here's the thing: even when I play, like I don't, I don't play 2K as much as I used to. Uh-huh. But I've had a, an interesting run and, or rule where I don't use UK players on 2K. I don't care, Even, which has made it difficult during the Cal Perry era with how good some of the players. I was gonna say, <laughs> never, be rough. never used a one ever on 2K. I find pride other than the fact that Pointers just recently was on the team a year or so ago for a short stint. Pacers have never had a UK guy really, so I mean I, I've been very fortunate in that matter. But I, I can't really. I thought this was all leading to an answer, and I think you're just I don't giving have, random information. I really don't have one. So you, you like no UK players ever? Derek Anderson a little bit, maybe. Okay, well that's all we're gonna. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, I always liked, and then I liked him even more because of the story I'm going to tell. Kalina Azubuki, I thought it just seemed like mm. a good guy, but I liked him even more because you know. So he went pro early, and. It was a sh- like he wasn't going to get drafted very high. Yeah, Golden State took him second round. I think. Yeah, but he, he went because I think 
I can't remember the story exactly, so I'm probably butchering the details, but I believe his dad had been incarcerated and his family had needed some money. And that was his primary reason for, for going ahead and leaving early. Because, you know, like a lot of kids, he knows even if he doesn't make it in the NBA, he's going to get paid fairly well to play pro basketball somewhere. Yeah. And so that year, this was like two weeks probably after he'd made the announcement. He was at Oaks in the infield, which what are you doing, Kalina? Come on. Like, you're, you're a big deal in the state. Like somebody's going to give you a nice suit and a suite. Like go, go be rich. But he was peeing in like one of the troughs in the infield. And I'm like on the other end down there. And this belligerent, fat, like every bad UK stereotype you can think of fan just like comes up to him and pees next to him and just starts harassing him about going pro early. Like, what are you doing? Like, you can win a national title here. Like, you're not going to get drafted. You're making a mistake. And this dude, I mean, like the guy is talking to him is like falling over. Like, Azabuki, all he has to do is like facepalm him and he's going flying into the other urinal and getting pissed all over himself. But Azabuki just sits there and like just just takes it. Just just stands there, doesn't say a thing, like knows it's not worth it. I don't want to be making headlines tomorrow. Like goes about his business. And I was like, that guy has far more restraint than I could ever have in that situation. Like God bless him. Because I wanted like I'm not even a UK fan. And I wanted to go punch that UK fan and be like, dude, leave him alone. This is the, the most annoying, inappropriate thing I've ever seen. He's just trying to take a pee at Oaks and have a good time. I mean, first of all, Break rule number one: You don't talk to anybody else at the urinal. Never. I mean, that's just that's those rule number one, right? I mean, that's just you you can occasion you 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 can you can yell it from the stall one over to somebody. Even then, but that's even it better be important. That needs I need I need a square or something. Can you can you can you some, can you slide some toilet yeah. paper? You it has know. to be important, or you better yeah. be genuinely funny. Yeah, I'm I'm finishing up. Can you throw me the car keys? I'll meet you in the car. You know, type of type of situation. That, that's it. That's it. That's other than that. Yeah, the urinal is a no no. Second. I would have, if I was him, I would have not said a word, maybe, but then lean over to him and just kind of, you know, finish peeing on his on the guy's leg, like, oh my bad, yeah, yeah, and something like out. that, yeah, or like just like whisper in his ear and be like, you know, I could bleep and kill you. <laughs> I'm gonna be the bigger man here, but I could break you over my left knee if I wanted to. <laughs> I would have done that. I also like Raquelin Sims because I partied with him one night. <laughs> Who's Made, that? Raquelin Sims. Made me a fan. Who don't know who Rakim Sims is? He, he was a UK, He was a transfer. He played at UK for two years. Like the, <laughs> I, he was a Gillespie guy. It was that era. <laughs> I was partying in Lexington, and we hung out, and we 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 had a good time. Uh, made me like him. I feel I needed more details of this party. I'm not going to talk about it on air. I can tell you. I can tell you all. Oh often. no! Ah, <laughs> uh, to be young. Uh, Texas says Jay Williams is the third biggest idiot in sports media. Dan Wolken and Nick Wright are one and two. Wolken is. I mean, but is Jay Williams is. Ba- I mean, I'm sure he is bad, but it bad. doesn't help with ESPN. Just I mean, does ESPN have any talking heads that are just the, the former athletes that are any good? Probably. I don't watch enough to really know. I'll be honest. Yes, you're right too. I'm probably the same in the same boat. I've got to say this. Like, I, show I honestly, I don't even think I know who Nick Wright is. Isn't it the guy that played tight end for Notre Dame last year? No idea. Like I said, I, I, I don't think I know who he is. Yeah, Dan Wolken. It's almost like he's playing a character now. I remember Dan Wilkins he's doing like the, just the Memphis appeal. Like he, every column that he writes is just like he's so angry all the time about sports. Like I think he just hates sports. I really think, like I don't think he's real. I, I don't. I don't. I think he's like a a bot that's been created to like write the most contrarian story you can possibly write. And then you also have to like he doesn't get nearly enough crap for the leaked emails between himself and the the, the Tennessee athletic director. 
where he's basically like, just tell oh, me. Oh, he's talking about the, 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 Yeah, he's well, like, tell me what you want me to say, and I'll do it. That was like, not, uh, was it Shiano High or whatever? Or yeah. No? yeah. When, when the fans were like revolting, he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, basically tell me what the play is. Like, I'll help you out here. I'm like, you, you're trying to be this big J journalist who's above all reproach. And, you know, I look down on the little man here, and these dumb fans don't know what they're talking about. I know everything. You know nothing. It's like, well, that's, it's like day one stuff at journalism school that you don't talk to your subject that you're writing about and saying, hey, I'll help you out. Tell me what you want me to say. It's kind of crappy. Not great. Um, yeah, Wilkins kind of annoying. And he always does like the, I told you these guys were cheating. Hey, guess what, Dan? Everybody's cheating. <laughs> Everybody's cheating. It's going to come out one way or the other, I'm sure. Uh, Texter says, how does he remember all these movie details, but he thought that Pacey's name was Casey? <laughs> <laughs> Texter, that is... I'm telling you, that just heats me up a little bit. We were talking about you before you came really in. It really makes me You have no idea how much it still bothers me. We were talking about you before you came inside today, just about how like <laughs> intriguing you are and how like fascinating it is that you'll be like, Beyonce, who's Beyonce? And then like five minutes later, be talking about in-depth Warren Harding's nephew and everything that he did for America. <laughs> and, like, just the things that you don't know. Well, and Harding did have some, some issues, though, man. Texas, another Trevor Mad Libs convo. I've got no idea what's going on. <laughs> what the, the senior depression? Like, is there another? Am I forgetting another example other than those two? I don't know. I mean, we're talking about teen I, comedies. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Texas, Luke Hancock and Katie George are good on ESPN. Yeah, the, both of them are good. So they run ACC. Well, I guess AC Network, same thing, I guess. Or? Well, it's all same parent company. Okay. ESPN, ABC. I mean, Disney just owns everything, right? I mean, Katie George was doing the sidelines for the college football playoffs. Like, she was, she, she's gotten big time. And Luke does a great job. Luke is, he's very good, which it's, I wouldn't, honestly, I would not, I like Luke. I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. I would just kind of avoid the conversation because I think most people on the ACC network kind of suck. Like Boozer. Boozer's not great. No. Um, I think Jordan Cornette's good. I don't think I've seen that. But I think Luke's really good. Like, I, I would not lie about it. I think I thought Wood was really good when he was doing that. I know he was doing not studio stuff, but just sideline stuff. But Eric's – and it's why he's still doing it for the Bills. It's why he's been doing spot work for other um, organizations. Like, he's really good. That's why he's in the Mike Rutherford show promo. You're damn right. Still. We're only going to have one from, from now until Until he comes back on. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up when hour number Sean two. We Moth in one of those. We, we, hey, he'd love it. He'd do it. But you've got to not be here. That's the only rule. Oh, man. We don't have Sean on when, you, when you're around. That's not the way this Eventually, works. I'm going to start taking this personal. You're going to have to lie about it. You're going to have to say you're not going to be in here. I'll get Sean in here, and then you have to show up like, boom, surprise, mother bleeper. <laughs> Let's go to break. When we come back, we'll wrap up hour number uh, two with more of your texts. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Wednesday here on 1450 The Big X. back into the Mike Rutherford Show. Wednesday edition here, soldiering on as my voice continues to fail on me. I feel like one of the two of us has just had a terrible voice for the last two weeks. <laughs> it was you last week. It's been me the last two days now. 
I'm hoping it's going to be better tomorrow. I keep forgetting about it, and just and then I have to like talk when I try. Anytime I try to say something with any sort of emotion, it just gives out on me. It's awful. Goes to Peter, Peter B. Brady. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Like, like it's <laughs> or I just I like, can't get there. Like, you know, Dugan sent us this, that email today where he's like, "Can we get Mike to voice this thing for the bats? Because we are now the home of the Louisville Bats, uh, Big X Nation is." And I was like, "I mean, not today." <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm supposed to be taping those uh, the commercials we do every week tomorrow with our guy Jay, and like, I'm, I'm hoping I'm gonna feel better tomorrow. If not, I, mean, I I can't sit in here and be like, "This week on the big can't do it. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we go. Same thing. I know. I'm sounding like my initial impression of Kenny Payne, what his voice might sound like. (laughs) It's all coming back. Is this karma? Is this this, this swinging back the pendulum? It kind of feels like it is. What was that word? Pendulum. (laughs) Pendulum? Pterodacto? Oh, uh, Texas says Nick uh, Wright is the guy on FS1 who's obsessed with LeBron and constantly says Michael Jordan is overrated. I thought that He's was the Skip Bayless. Opposite of Skip Bayless. Oh, okay. my bad. I was, wait a minute. Hold on, I thought Skip Bayless was anti-LeBron. He is. This guy is saying he's obsessed with LeBron and constantly says Michael Jordan is overrated. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. I, only time I watch FS1 is Big East basketball or this, Big Ten basketball. Yeah, 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 I, I, yeah, I agree. I did, however, see that the Lakers were officially eliminated from the playoffs last night, and I only liked it because that one shining moment Lakers video you that retweeted came out that there. Too? It was incredible. It was so good. I watched that thing like three or four times. Oh, it's so... I, I you know I I only I, I take back every mean thing I said about one shining moment last yesterday on the show. It was because so good. That was the best one shining moment I saw all year. I only halfway pay attention to the NBA like after college basketball starts, and then I start paying attention to it once college basketball ends. So I knew that the Lakers were struggling. Just you know the the little bits and pieces oh, you yeah. see on on. I didn't realize how bad it was. Like I, I totally missed the Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard dust up on the sidelines that was in that video, yeah. and all like the just the you know nobody going for a rebound. Russell, like, like the video was incredible. Like it makes me just like now want to go back and see just how much of a bleep show the Lakers have been the, all season. The long. timing of it. I mean, they were pretending like they were going to like hit him with the the the, uh, the Gatorade bath, and they stopped. And I mean, just yeah, the whole, the whole video was excellent. This is one of the reasons why I love the internet was was that video. Do you? If I asked you right now. Do you know who the number one seeds are in the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference as of today in the NBA? Phoenix and Miami. See, I don't know. I'm going to look it up. I, and I, I promise you I'm looking at Miami's the, correct. I'm looking at the, the, the cover of Jethro Tull's Aqualung album here on my screen. So. Jesus, Phoenix is 70, 63 and 16? Yeah, I think so. Good Lord. Uh, I can tell you the, the bottom teams are Detroit in the East. Nope. Close. Orlando? Orlando is last. Magic, Pistons are second to last. And, and Pacers are right above that. You're right. Um, and it's going to be the first time since 1989 we have a pick in the top 10. Ooh, good fact. <laughs> Interesting stat, yeah. Uh, and then in the West, the worst team is Houston? Correct. Everything in between? Don't know. Who has, out of the, the three teams you mentioned, well, I guess the two teams you mentioned that are the last, who has the worst record in the NBA? Orlando. Oh, Houston, Houston by one game. <sighs> 20 and 60. I should know that because, see, I watched a few minutes of the Pistons and Pacer game over the weekend, and on the bottom ticker, it kept saying, I, I was watching it saying, like, the Pistons have the so-and-so percentage chance of getting their one pick. I mean, so I knew I, we were bad. I'm like, This is the time of the year where I just now start looking at, like, former cards and 
the chances that they have of playing deep into the playoffs. I like that Charlotte looks like they're fighting for one of those last playoff spots, the play-in game or whatever, uh, in the East. And then, are they? Okay. yeah, the Jazz are right there smack in the middle of the, the seedings. They're fifth right now. Um, but could move their way up to fourth, it looks like. They have a shot at getting that fourth seed, which I guess doesn't really matter because you're playing the 4-5 series anyway. Yeah, Jazz are in trouble. They, they, need, they need somebody. He, Mitchell needs help there. I saw that there's a whole thing about Donovan not passing to Rudy Gobert, and Quinn Snyder like railed on it in his press conference, <laughs> I guess, this morning. This all stuff back from the COVID stuff. I mean, there's been more than move that. On. But somebody posted like a still – like there's one play where it looks like Gobert's got his man pinned, and Donovan's like looking around for somebody, and it looks like directly at him, and just doesn't throw him the ball. <laughs> and now people are going nuts. Whatever, I don't really care that much. Yeah, um, we got about ten minutes here, so we'll uh, we'll take some some text here on the Thornton text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. You guys have been helping us out today. Yeah, we always complain we never get them read. And then we... I know. I'm, I'm 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 doing the best I can here. Like my voice is gone. Trevor's on Mars today, so I'm not on Mars. We're, we're about Venus earlier. We're helping on the text line. Hung out we're on leaning the, on the text second line. ring of Saturn for a while. Uh, oh, the, the news that I was getting to before I think we got sidetracked again last segment was <laughs> yesterday we knew the Louisville Kentucky baseball game got postponed because of, of rain. Yeah. And we just now got word that the tonight scheduled Louisville softball game against Kentucky has also been postponed because it's of rain. It's not weather. even raining. They're getting out of games. It's not. They ducked us in basketball. This they is, ducked us yes. in baseball. They're ducking us in softball. I love that uh, uh, TJ did this on KRC this morning, too. Like, I heard him do it, and I was like, hey, way, way to play it up. We're both doing the same trip. They're like, Louisville postponing the game in baseball, like, even though it was in Lexington last night. This one was supposed to be played at home. So I guess this is our call, but they're ducking us. They said they wouldn't travel. You know Virginia gave us? Let me get travel issues. Can't get the bus from Lexington. Forfeit. Make, make them forfeit. Texas, hey, Mike, opening day is tomorrow, and the Reds open at the defending World Series champ Atlanta Braves. So the Reds are in the first primetime game of the year. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Opening day is tomorrow? Opening day is tomorrow. They're doing the thing where it's just like the couple of games, though. Uh, oh, okay, and then the rest of the... Which is weird. I don't really like... I was like, when did the Blue Jays open up? I hadn't even looked at it. I also, I mean, this is the first time, like, the Reds always open up at home. They always play at opening day. It's their thing because they supposedly oh, played the first major league game of all time. And, yeah, uh, yeah, a, I know. It's a big deal. I've seen, yeah, I've seen owners. And so it's this weird deal where the Reds aren't playing at home for their first game. It's, it is weird. It's now, that strange. happened a couple years ago, too, I think, though. Did it? I want to say it did. Was it one of like the COVID years? Because they've always had opening day there. It's a huge deal. No, and I know, you, and I know you're right. And for the most part, you're, but I want to say they did. They opened like on a Thursday, like at the Mets or something, one year. Man, I don't know. It's only so. This is only the third time since 1890 that they opened opened a season on the road. Well, since 1890, but all three of them could be in the last three years. <laughs> I mean, that would take, well, I know it wasn't last year. Exactly, that's that would still be true. The last time it happened was 1990. And they won the World Series. Well, that's not apparently. I was thinking something else, and but yes, they won the World Series that year. The 1990 Reds started on the road against the Houston Astros because of a lockout delayed start to spring training, preventing a season opener at Riverfront Stadium. So we're now an American League team. Yeah. So all these times, every time this has happened, it's been because either a lockout or there was a rainout for the game in Cincinnati or something along those lines. So the only other time that it's happened since 1890 was 1966. There you go. I wonder why they're going to the Braves. What are they doing this year? 
maybe that was the the deal is like you guys don't get to play at home this year, but you get to play the standalone game on Thursday night against the reigning World Series champions. It's going to be a big deal. You're probably going to get your ass kicked. People are going to make fun of you, but at least people are going to be talking about Reds baseball for the first time in 15 years. But it's not standalone. There's like nine games done tomorrow. There are tomorrow? Yes. I thought there were only like three or four. No, there's three, six, or seven games. Okay, well, it's on national TV. Yeah, it's not standalone. In fact, it starts at 8 o'clock. There's another game at 9, Astros and Angels. And then Padres and Diamondbacks at 930. Yeah, nobody cares about those teams. <laughs> nobody, nobody cares about those teams. There's three games before it. <laughs> the only games that matter are the ones on ESPN2. And that's <laughs> the only nationally televised game on opening night is Reds, is Reds Braves. You're not even the only team in Ohio playing tomorrow. <laughs> the Indians are Cleveland, whatever they want. Any other teams are Guardians. playing. Yeah, whatever. They just spent a ton of money. Today <laughs> at the Royal on who you didn't see the the news today? They signed a free agent. Oh, the Guardians! The Guardians fans are excited. Let me find out the details. Um, but desperate to sell those jerseys. I love that. I like when I like Twitter search Guardians. It just like brings up a bunch of uh, Guardians signed Jose Ramirez for five years, one hundred twenty four million. Well, that's a resigning, right? Dollars. Yes. Yeah, he's just he was already there. Yeah. But they, you know, the whole talk was like they're not going to be able to resign. Oh, okay. Unless they break the bank, and they broke the bank. So with this year, he's now guaranteed 150 mil a for one season. A lot of money. A lot season, of money. They may not even have a winning year. Well, no, he's guaranteed 150 mil for five years. Oh, for five years, okay. Yeah. Blue Jays, by the way, open up on Friday night against the Rangers. The Rangers. Oh, the Rangers hate us. <sighs> Texter says. Hard to like any 64 East players not named Rajon. He was a Louisville kid that should have been a card. Even couldn't even be Rajon when I played 2K. You couldn't play with Rondo? Couldn't even use Rondo. Man, that's commitment. Or, I, so, or something. Never, <laughs> I've never used a one. Texas Jason Whitlock is actually the biggest idiot. Oh, he's up there for sure. Whitlock, no, Whitlock was the one that was that also played offensive tackle for with uh, Jeff George, right? No idea. Okay, I can't remember. Texas, if Coach K comes back, do we take the Louisville Slugger and bottle of Maker's Mark that we gave him back? Yeah. If who comes back? If Coach K comes back. Oh. I think we... Well, we, he can keep the bat. Those are pretty much a dime a dozen. We, I do want the maker's back. You can't keep the bat. You Not gotta, the bat? The bat was a gift. <laughs> Give it back. Come on, Todd. <laughs> I, here's what has to happen. If Coach K comes back and does this whole thing where he coaches a couple of seasons and then like three years from now, he says in the middle of the year, this is my last season, we take those gifts back. We give him the crappiest gifts. We give him like a white candle that's been lying around a little bit. So you're like, it's been regifted 17 times from Christmases. Label like, maker since 1985. Yeah, here's this this white candle. We like write Coach K on the end, on the the side of it with a sharpie. We're like, it's personalized. <laughs> pencil maker, pencil sharpener. Take your ass back to Durham with this white candle. Enjoy it. Doesn't even have a smell anymore. The scent has been gone. Is it Yankee candle? No, it's from like Costco. <laughs> Walgreens. Congrats. <laughs> that's all we're giving you. Texter says Diener messed up, man. I don't know what that's in reference to. <laughs> something, something new happened I'm missing. <laughs> yeah, I like do I need to do a Twitter story? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Uh same Texter said earlier, why does Walt struggle so much in the clutch? I mean, I don't think he does. I mean, yeah, he's got four final fours. He's got a winning record in the Elite Eight, I assume. It's like, why does he struggle in games where he's a huge underdog in the Final Four? 
because the other team's better more times than not. I mean, you know, you know who really struggles in that clutch? That Geno guy at UConn. He lost in the national title game. Yeah. I, I, Losing streak in the title game. By the way, I, I don't think I realized how much South Carolina brings back next year from that team until I started reading these early seasons. Like, they lose nobody from that team that just dominated the entire country and won the national title. What about Boston? Is she that was she an underclassman? Yes, she's back. Not great. Like, I, I saw that, and I was like, oh, oh well, well, this sucks. Like, this is not good. Like, they were fantastic last year. It's not going to be easy. It's all right. We got, we got this. Texas says just do those ads in the Mickey Mouse voice. I, don't, I, can't, I can't hit the – you think I can hit the Mickey Mouse voice right now? No. I, I got nothing. <laughs> I can't there you go. That wasn't bad. It wasn't great. Better, <laughs> better than mine. I can't do impersonations. I can't even, I can't even pronounce proper names. It's almost time to go to break now, Trevor. <laughs> See, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, Texture says, Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird's interview with LeBron during the women's NCAA championship game was great. I didn't catch that. I did hear their comments about South Carolina, which we alluded to yeah, yesterday. Yeah, you talked about that, yeah. Was, I thought they did a great job there. That was very funny stuff. Very classy. Very Super classy. <laughs> Everybody's been talking about how classy it was. Texture said, Red's last open on the road in 1990, 2022, world champions confirmed. It's, it's established. It's done. Forget all of my... Pessimism for the entire offseason. Forget my sell the team Bob tweets. Forget the fact that they have made no offseason acquisitions that seem to make any sense. We're winning the World Series this year. I'm just wondering how long before you finally give us Joey Bottom and bring him back home to Toronto so we can win a World Series with him. Never. Actually, maybe in four months. Both Toronto. <laughs> I'd be fine with it. I want him. To, Joey deserves so much better. Both Toronto World Series championship teams were, were had had major moves at the trade uh, trade uh, deadline. The first one they picked up David Cohn. The second one, Ricky Henderson. I mean, you have to do it in this day and age. You got to do it. You got to get that player. Of course, that was in 92, 93. Still, even now, you still got to do it. <laughs> Texture says, give Coach K that white candle that's been clearly lit before. Oh, yeah, that's got to be part of it. Like, I think <laughs> I think the wick has been, it looks like it's a little black on top. Well, yeah, you know, we had to test it out and see if it has a smell. Does it? Nope. <laughs> there you go. Texture says, fun fact, I met the, the voice of Mickey Mouse on a Disney cruise. Not your best work, Mike. But the, there's... Uh, I would think there's multiple people who do Mickey's voice, right? Yeah, I don't think there's one one Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> but it was like the mall Santa. There's like just, they're there by region and things. It's like I met that Super Bowl champion on the boat. It's like, well, Could you imagine being one guy? Like his poor vocal cords. <laughs> Texas says Preston Bowles, stocky, unbreakable, let's rip it, makes you choke. Hashimu Evans, just a great name. <laughs> Preston Bowles. That was a callback to something. Wasn't that last week we talked about that? We did do that. That was the Hashimu Evans. Yeah. <laughs> and Preston Bowles. There were some good ones out there. Uh, Texas, explain to me how Cal is a bad coach and Walls is a good coach. I mean, neither one of them are bad coaches. <laughs> what, the- what do you want? I mean, <laughs> well, Walls is uh, awesome. Walls is a great coach. I think Cal's a great coach. Yeah. I mean, I think they. I think Cal has limitations for sure. Also, I mean, like, do I have to say it? You know, Jeff Walls has had a, a great run of talent. The level of talent that he's been producing at Louisville in terms of recruiting has not matched what Cal Perry's had at Kentucky. There's that. But I still, th- I'm, I wouldn't, I've never called Cal a bad coach, and I won't call Cal a bad coach. Do I think you should have more than one national title at Kentucky based on what they've had? Sure. I think, possibly. I think UK fans would agree with that. Most of them but hasn't happened. Um, 
Texture says, one of my favorite UK players' recent memory was Tyler Eulis. It was hard not to like that kid when he was there. He played so damn hard when he was good. And if PayPal Cal was smart, he would have benched the Twins and played Eulis and Booker, but PayPal will still PayPal. I like Tyler Eulis. You know what? Eulis was I had no bad. problem. You know what? I, I wouldn't use him still in 2K, but well, that's probably because he's not in the league. But I, I would. I, I did like Eulis a little bit. Yeah. yeah. There have been More not- so because I grew with that texture that, you know, if they'd use Eulis, they, they don't lose to Wisconsin probably. I agree with it. The one thing that, that I think people forget is that with Euless, I agree. With Devin Booker, when he was in the game, Wisconsin was going right at oh, him. Oh, no, no. Booker on offense was – every single – he was not good in that game. No, he was – no, 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 no. And you – I mean, Wisconsin was ISOing him every single time he was on the floor and going right at him and having – and scoring at will on him. If you go back and watch that, which I have, it's, it's a great game. Oh, no. It's, it's a fantastic game. I've watched game. it a few times as well, yeah. I mean, they went right at him. Like, Euless probably should have been playing more, but... Well, Euless had to play. Every time Euless was in, and they, they put him up on the... on the To basically just kind of, you know, a three-quarter, you know, pressure on the ball as he's coming over the half court. Wisconsin had was having all kinds of problems getting into their offense. Once you put the Harrisons in, and not to mention Andrew's lack of ability defensively, but his even worse choices offensively, that cost the UK the game. Yeah, right. It was not a... Also, the... Which, thank you, Cal, for doing it. The clip of Cal in the last couple of minutes where he looks over to the bench and says, what should I do, is not a good look at him. Not a good look for him. It's, I mean, he looks he looks panicked. He does not handle that moment very well. Any of those moments very well. I mean, we had Frank Comiskey Day just the other day, 4-4. What was that? 4-4. It's four. Comiskey Day. I uh, did not know that. Yeah. Lost on me. I mean, war number 44, after the game even told everybody's birthday was on April 4th, the, the anniversary of that game was oh, on April 4th. Oh, okay. They played on April 4th. Needed some context there. Thank yeah. you. All right, take a break. When we come back, we got one hour left here on the Mike Rutherford Show. We will continue soldiering on, if you want to call it that, here on a rainy, rainy Wednesday, April 6th. One hour left here on 1450 The Big X. The This is a classic Trevor. I'm just throwing it on the I'm throwing it on the show. <laughs> hey, I got you singing. You did. Congrats. It's good for my voice. I can I don't need to hit a, a note that I can't reach with this song. <laughs> I can just kind of talk normally. It is the 5 o'clock hour of the Wednesday Mike Rutherford Show as my voice continues to give out on me. Trevor Kelsey here uh, trying to help out, doing a terrible job. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, an interesting story. I saw Leonard Skinner at the waterfront, but then uh, good concerts. Obviously uh, somewhat uh, marred by the fact I got busted by the A-team like an hour. Oh, no. As he coughs off air. Yeah. Literally the A-team. Like, we were in the parking garage, and, like, Face and Murdoch and Mr. T and all the rest of them, like, come around the corner undercover-wise. Oh. Didn't, didn't, I, we didn't get arrested, but we got citations and, and everything uh, taken from us. 
I hated those days. Yeah. Luckily, though, around the same time that song came on, ran into my mom, who's also at the concert, and she uh, she refilled us. So oh, nice. Well done. Yeah, Shout out to Nancy. Yeah. Uh, the people want to know, Trevor, who your master's pick is. It gets going on tomorrow <laughs> at Augusta. We'll do the Verno thing. What's going on at Augusta? <laughs> it rained again today. Oh no! It didn't rain again. Oh no! Could be a firm. No. Could be a firm setup tomorrow. I do like a firm setup. Rewards the best ball strikers on tour. And that is that is the type of game I look forward to. Who are you leaning towards? And follow up question: Can you name one golfer in the field besides Tiger Woods? <laughs> Roy McIlroy. He is playing. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Mickelson. Phil is not playing actually. Let me down. Phil. Those comments about Saudi Arabia let me led him to. I'm serious. Well, he's got that Russian money coming. That's in why he like pulled it. out. Um, really? When, when did the people, good people at Augusta start having ethics? Um, well, no. <laughs> Phil pulled himself out of the tournament. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, that makes more sense. I'm trying. Um, uh, oh, um, uh, it sounds to me Lee, like your your pick is Rory McIlroy. Lee Johnson. <laughs> Are you referring to Lee Jansen? <laughs> is he in it? No. Then no. It's I so not, I was referring to <laughs> In the irony of all ironies. You you refer to my buddy Danny who does the podcast with me as Podcast Trevor. Yeah, His favorite golfer of all time is Lee Jansen. Oh wow. <laughs> He's like obsessed with Lee Jansen. So much so that I gave him a as his wedding present. I apologize to his wife Kim, who I know is not listening. But as their their wedding present together, it was this plaque of both of his U.S. Open wins that was autographed by him with a score and a picture of him. Like I got that as his wedding present. Okay. Like, he loves Lee Jansen. When we went to the... the <laughs> Who two, doesn't, though? When we went to the 2000 PGA uh, Championship at Valhalla, you know, we, one of us had one of those little like transistor radios. Like You brought the little portable radios so we could listen to the radio coverage while we were on the course. Yeah. And we were set up at one of the par threes. And... <laughs> like, you know, there'd be like a huge roar when Tiger would come by or something, and then we'd be able to listen. <laughs> we'd be able to listen to it like ten seconds later on the radio broadcast. So when they were covering our whole, like we would scream something after one of the swings, so we could like hear it in the back. And we're like, I was like, "Did you hear us? Did you hear us?" Like all I heard was Danny being like, "Hey Lee, Lee." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's that's our Dan. Loves Lee Jansen. I I just love that that's the name that you pulled out. You didn't get it right, but that's who you were referencing." <laughs> um, trying to think of another golfer. Oh, oh, uh. Um, the guy that everyone hates that went to Arkansas. The one that, oh, Patrick Reed? Yeah, 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 yeah. See, see, there you go. I got that I one. I don't think he went to Arkansas. Or Alabama? I believe he's from Georgia. Close enough. Yeah. Um, SEC, it's all the same. It's all the same. <laughs> you can stop now, by the way. I just wanted to. I just needed the one name. I'm out of names. <laughs> can we say the official Trevor Kelsey pick is Rory McIlroy? <laughs> Since sure. that's the first golfer that you you mentioned, yeah, that's the one to go like Greg Kite and uh, <laughs> Greg Kite also not a golfer. He was once. No, he wasn't. Tom Kite. Oh, okay. I'm thinking the guy who played center for the Celtics. You're basically thinking of like every B tier player from the early 1990s are the ones that you're throwing out there. Michael Chang. Michael. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my I don't God. know why I had Michael Jordan as my favorite tennis player. Oh my God. Hey, you, hey. he like one. Didn't he even like one tennis championship? I believe he only won one. He won like, like one French French Open like one time. He was very good at the wrong time for American <laughs> tennis. Like any other, like right now, Michael Chang would be a American sensation. Then <laughs> it was him and Agassi and Ag- were at the well, same time. Sampras and Agassi were the the big deal. Yeah, <laughs> and then Michael Chang was like, "Hey, I'm also." Pretty good at tennis. I think that's why I probably was the Chang fan because I was like the contrarian. I'm like, ah, screw Agassi and Samson. Well, I'm not so he was I'm Michael Chang. <laughs> Everybody loves the little guy. Yeah, it's true. Literally and figuratively. Uh, it's the thir- third hour of the Mike Rutherford Show. Help us out. Someone loves me. Help us out on the text line, 502-414-1450. We appreciate everybody who's chimed in today. We've been leaning on you heavily. Uh, the big news of the day, there's not really any gigantic Louisville sports news today. Baseball game against Kentucky was canceled last night. Softball game against Kentucky uh, tonight has been canceled. But we did get a big football commitment uh, yesterday. Jamari Johnson, another player out of California, four-star tight end slash athlete from the 2023 class, announced his commitment to UofL, picked the cards over the likes of Florida State, Michigan State, Washington, and Arizona, among others, um, had some glowing things to say about U of L as a program and a school. Um, he's one of those Pierce Clarkson kids again, who has been influenced by Pierce's, I think, sort of pushing kids to go to U of L. And yeah. this is a, it's becoming a pipeline. Like we joked about it at first that out of all the head coaches in the history of U of L football. Scott Satterfield seemed like the least likely to develop something of a pipeline with California kids. I mean, this is a man who really didn't leave North Carolina until he took the job at at, at Florida International after a few years at at App State following his playing days. Like, nothing about Scott Satterfield screams West Coast, and yet Pete Thomas and company have been able to make this happen. And all of a sudden, Louisville has an eight-player class of 2023 that includes five four-star prospects and is currently ranked by rivals as the number six overall class in the country and the top class in the ACC. I know we've got a long way to go, and those rankings won't hold, but still, this is a it's not just a solid foundation. It's a spectacular foundation when you compare it to what Louisville has done historically in football recruiting. This is, unless something goes horribly wrong in the next 12 months, this is going to wind up being the highest-graded recruiting class in the history of Louisville football, which is saying something. I mean, just took just took a, a, a bring Brom home movement to light a fire under Scott's rear end and get those Scott's tots moving. I want to ask you this, because this was brought up to me over the weekend, and I thought it was a pretty clear answer. Some people pushed back when I, I responded to this person and said this. You know, they did the – they had a, a a spring game, if you want to call it that, over the weekend, and we haven't really talked about it because we talked zero about it. Yeah, we, we Monday there was too much other stuff going on. Fairness also forgot it was even happening. Well, I mean that's probably the reason why it hasn't gotten a whole lot of conversation. <laughs> but they they referred to it as a spring showcase, and there was a little bit of a scrimmage going on, like a little bit of a kind of a practice game, but it was more of a normal practice with some in game situation type deals for fans. Somebody asked me, do you think that Satterfield just kind of did this because he wanted to appease the fan base? Somebody came to him and said, you know, people are kind of upset with the way the last two years have gone. People are kind of upset with you getting your rear end kicked by Kentucky every single year. Like, maybe give them a spring game. Like, we haven't had one here. People enjoy this. Let's do something. Mm. And he said, I'll give them reasons to come out to the stadium in April but I don't want to do a full-on game. Because he said since he got here, like I don't like having a spring game. I don't think it helps at all. It, I don't like the risk of injuries. I like having a few weeks of normal practice as early as possible and then moving on. But he did it this way. 
to me, I think it's fairly transparent that this is him trying to get back in the good graces of the segment of the fan base that has been kind of anti-sat for the last yeah. five, six months. I think he's doing a good job. He's doing everything that he possibly can in the offseason as far as recruiting is concerned and extending an olive branch to the fan base, doing things like having a spring game, opening some practices up to the media and also the general public at large. Like To me, that was obvious. But other people said no. Like th- This is just... He's changing it up because things aren't working. It has nothing to do with trying to to get back in the good graces of the fan base. What do you think, Trevor? Uh, I'm thinking more with you. I think this. I mean, I think there's. I, I, yes, I think if it wasn't for him trying to get into the good graces of the fan base, then there would not be a. We would not be having this price spring game. He because, yeah, I think it's he. He knows. I mean, so I wouldn't be surprised if somebody didn't come up to him like, hey, you know, like you just said, let's throw out there, give him something, throw him a, a freaking bone. Why don't you? Yeah. And and then yeah, and that, that's probably more because I mean he's not hopefully dumb. I mean he knows he had to somewhat beg for his job a little bit in the off season, and he's obviously he knows that he's gonna he's picked up the recruiting, which has helped obviously with the the fan base in terms of the support coming in. But I mean all in all, when it's all said and done, it's gonna be Syracuse. But give us something. We've been excited. This is the most happy. I think this is the happiest this fan base has been in the off season, despite. How the season ended, despite the fact that some of us still want to bring Brom home, despite all that, I think this is the happiest this fan base has been in an off season since Satterfield's first off season. Probably fair, and it's hard to. I mean, it's. I mean, and that was just off the new car smell, you know, excitement of a new coach. I'm Which glad you're getting in any fan base for sure. I mean, hell, you got to have a crack door, and you're getting it right now with with Kenny Payne. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna get. Yeah, you're it's gonna get gonna that, happen. Yeah, and for the most part, with any obviously. I think what. What is kind of concerning to me or what I don't understand is if this was possible as far as the recruiting stuff, like we've had Pete Thomas here for a while. I know he's been elevated into a, a, a bigger role now, but he's been on staff for a while. Why haven't we been doing this with recruiting Before, the last two yeah. years? Like, why did it take Scott Satterfield feeling like he was on the hot seat and fans were unhappy with the job he was doing to get all this stuff going in the offseason? I guess, you know, maybe it's hubris. Maybe it was he thought he could just go about his business at Louisville the same way that he did things at App State and it was going to produce the same level of success. And when it didn't happen two years in a row, that was finally the wake up call like, hey, we got to change things up a little bit. It's a, it's a new ball game. I don't think it should have taken that much for his eyes to be open to that. But it certainly seems like there's something there. There was a um, – and it's behind a, a paywall or a, a Patreon wall today. But somebody sent me the clips. Don't arrest me. Um, <laughs> like there was a, a story today. You know how they have those anonymous coaches dishing on other programs in their own conference deals? <laughs> yeah. Like the sporting news does yeah, You ever wonder how much that are those, are those like legit or like – Yeah, running? for sure. But Stephen Godfrey, who I used to work with at SB Nation, is, is a college football insider. Um, he's always posting inside stuff. But he talked with members of the various staffs in the ACC and the Mountain West and the Big 12 and kind of asked them, you know, give me a general sense of the landscape of your, your conference right now and the programs that are doing things the right way and that aren't doing things the right way. And there's some, some pretty not-so-great stuff about Louisville in there. Just – for football? Yeah, for football. Just people kind of saying what they said publicly in the sporting news and athletic stories last year that you know, this staff is trying to do at Louisville what they did at App State, and it's just not working and it's not going to work. And I guess we'll find out in the fall 
because if it's another five and seven, six and six type season, I feel like the evidence is mounted and it doesn't matter how great the recruiting is right now. Like this, this guy's not going to get us to where we expect to be, which is not just getting to eight and four, but eventually being a top 15 program on a, you know, every now and then competing for ACC titles. Hopefully if the playoff expands or even if it doesn't flirting with that college football playoff discussion, it's like, like, you got to show us that you can do it with that talent because it's it's great that we're getting recruiting numbers, recruiting rankings that we've never gotten before. But if you can't win with the players that you have at your disposal right now, which are not terrible, like we, there's talent on this roster. Yeah, I agree. Then why should we expect that when you get these Pierce Clarksons and other four star players here and develop them over the next two or three years, that we're going to be anything better than like eight and four, or maybe nine and three with a few breaks? Like you you got to show us something, right? Yeah, and I and I think you know, and I said this a little bit to you know, with the the second year Satterfield second year where, you know, I thought like I liked I think I think I mentioned this one for the first time I met you it was like going into the last season that I didn't blame a lot of the, the second season on Satterfield because I felt like the execution just wasn't there by a lot of the players like you saw like plays where people were open and we we weren't seeing the execution which led to me being a, a Williams hater until you know early in the season when I flipped and then flipped back and flipped back you mean again. Cunningham Cunningham yeah it's okay yeah I did too many some of my leaks I get so confused and yet you have strong opinions on both of them yeah <laughs> and I've, I've flipped on both of them many a times back and forth back and forth so I think that I'm I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic that that when the talent level is there and we saw like with the remaining talent that Petrino left behind in the eight win season, that this team can be successful with Satterfield and his coaching staff. If they I hate drawing hard lines in the sand like this, like you kinda did with the the, the scoring threshold for every game last year <laughs> with Brian Brown. Well you had to it Brown still hasn't learned his lesson on that. You sometimes just gotta you know, you gotta be a hard hard parent. You're gonna learn that eventually. And I know things are gonna You'll change. You'll be drawing like, those lines in the sand with, with my, my son one day. Yeah, exactly. I'm talking with the season ahead. Like I don't have any disillusions about this being a ten and two, eleven and one win team. Like I, I don't get me wrong, would love nothing more. It would be even more wonderful if it's a surprise. I also don't think that it's a – I mean, you've got Malik Cunningham. You've got a, a solid chunk of the defense back. You've got a lot of specialty players back. It's not a team that should go 4-8, and 5-7. and seven. And honestly, if they go 6-6 six and six again this year, that's going to be enough evidence for me to say that this guy can't do it here. And when I say do it here, I don't mean get us back to being comfortably above 500 and going to Tier B bowl games in the ACC. Like, eventually – I want to get back to being 10 and 2 and 11 and 1 and at least being able to have not so insane dreams about going to the college football playoff or at least being in that discussion for a solid chunk of the season. And if we don't go at least 7 and 5, and I won't throw it I'm not throwing a ticker tape parade for a 7 and 5 season. <laughs> yeah. But if we don't go at least 7 and 5 this year, I for me, I feel like that's going to be enough to say this isn't the dude. Like he may win a couple more games when we get these better players in and develop them, and you know maybe Pierce Clarkson can lead us to a nine and three season a few years from now. But that's not that's not I mean, where you, the bar is. Are, are you going to at least kind of like put it like in? Are you are you drawing the hard line at the record or yes? Are there circumstances around the games? Well, we'll see. I mean, for right now, because like, sometimes it's hard to be that black and white with it. But we, agreed, I mean, agreed for sure. Like like there might be a game where Malik Cunningham doesn't play, and we have to throw in. Caleb Johnson or Brock Dahman or whoever. Dahman. 
Yeah, we're, we're, are we going to still call him Doman? Well, I'm calling him Doman. If Mama named him Doman, I'm going to call him Doman. Okay, we may have to start Brock Doman, and you know that would be a excusable loss in the grand scheme. But he's got to go at least seven and five this year. If like if he goes seven and five, I'm not going to be thrilled about the season, but I can at least say once we get these recruiting classes in here, maybe like that will be the difference between two and three extra wins. If it's anything less than that, then I can't I I, I can't wrap my mind around it. I, I can't lie to myself anymore. It's going to be mediocrity here, is and the high bar is going to be like a nine and three year. We're going to be NC State at best, and I don't. I've said this before. Apologies to our friends in Raleigh who love the show. They're listening all the time. I don't want to be NC State. Every time you say it, I always hear the I hear it in the Jerry puppy shirt voice. <laughs> uh, I don't want to be a pirate. I don't want to be NC State. I don't want to be NC State. I, I don't. In either major sport. Um, Texas, we are having to wait for Satterfield to learn everything on the job for a P5 program. I agree. Why did it take until year four for recruiting? It certainly feels that way. There's part of it. Like it, it feels like he – I mean, I go back to the introductory press conference where he walked out and he's like, I can't believe there are all these people here. I'm like, <laughs> really? Like this, this is – I mean, this is what you're going to get at most press conferences here, especially the big ones. Texas, the defense has to be better this year. If the defense doesn't improve, uh, I think you have to get rid of Brown and give Sat one more year just based on recruiting. There's no thinking involved. That, that, there, that, that, you, this is it. Yeah, I mean – and also, we if the off if the defense comes out and just poops the bed in the first two weeks, I don't. I'm not even. There's don't even give me the wait to the end of the season thing. Done. Bye. You, you and I have said the same thing too. If the defense isn't markedly better than they've been the last couple of years, yeah, Brian Brown's got to go. But also, that's on set because you've told oh, us, yeah. like you have told us that this guy is a rising star in the world of of, of coaching. He's a the defense is going to be better. We hear that every offseason now. And you if you gave him year four, because that's your call, and it's still as bad as it's been the last three years, and we're losing two or three more games than we should just because the defense hasn't been can't be average, that's on you. I mean Brown should probably not have been retained on the staff. That being said, I can't help but wonder if he was retained to be a sacrificial lamb for this season. I, I I hope not. I can't imagine because because okay, I don't think so. Because you, you you know I mean what what's the, the the order of routine is when the coaches you get you have to fire your coordinators then you then your head coach gets fired right. It, it, he didn't let go of the coordinators this off season. The recruitment the recruiting is there. There is some hype. If it is a underachieving season and even if it is, and when I say underachieving I don't mean like less than six wins. I mean even six or seven wins. Then you can still you're you're gonna get some heat. Then you can let still let Brown go, and and then and, and you just have that one more year that allows you to get that major class you want coming in. Yeah, I mean, I I would hope. I mean, I also would think that that type of thinking doesn't happen. That they're not like doing this just in case, like we're terrible again. And we have good, somebody to blame. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's we can do I whatever mean, we want. I'm not going to be blamed for this. I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine that that's the case, but. We know. should have fired him last year, Scott. Yeah, but we needed more. We needed the safety net this year. We knew the recruiting would get the heat off me for 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 this off season, but we need something for next season if we still underachieve because the class that is getting this heat off of me is still one more year away. Texture says we heard Trevor's master pick. We need mics now. I'm a yeah. Homa. I, 
don't know if I can what? say that. Uh, Max Homa is a golfer. This person is referring to himself as a name uh-huh. of Max Homa fans that I am not comfortable saying on uh-huh. air. You can guess what it is. Um, I've got to I've got to put together my. I, I, we do this contest every year, and like last year, I I came in second overall, made bank. I'm hoping That's I can right. have success this year, but it's also for our fantasy golf week uh, league that we're in. It's my pick. I'm leaning towards Cameron Smith. I know it's going to be kind of a popular pick. I don't want to do Scotty Scheffler. I know he's the number one golfer in the world right now, but I'm leaning towards Cam Smith. But I'm going to go in the lab tonight, and I'll have an official answer for you tomorrow. You, you giving your picks made me think of a fun game. Can we do a game tomorrow? Golfer or not? With you? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, we can do it right now if you want to. Cam Smith, I'm going to say yes. I, we all know that you're just guessing because you don't know. Of course I'm guessing. No, not necessarily. I, my, my brain works in this weird way. I'm aware. Very aware. <laughs> painfully aware. <laughs> and sometimes while I maybe not be able to name a name off the top of my head, if you say something, it may ring a bell. Benedict Matherin. Golfer or not? No golfer. Do you know what he is? He is a basketball player. He's a star player for Arizona. Arizona yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> See? Brain. Weird. Xander Shoffley. Golfer or not? Not. He's he's a very good golfer. Oh, not that good, apparently. <laughs> I, thought it was the, I thought it was Ben Stiller's character from that move from the movie Zooli. <laughs> Patrick Cantlay. Golfer or not? No, you're making that one up. There's nobody named Cantlay. He's a very good golfer. <laughs> what a poor kid. He played golf and his name's Cantlay. Hey, he's a millionaire now. He's I, doing well. I guess he can lay. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he's doing his fair share of land these days, I'm sure. Uh, Texas says one day. This, I suck at this game. <laughs> Texas says one day this summer can Trevor rank all of Mary's 25 movies. That's a good idea. Ooh, I know. Uh, hold on. I know, well, that thing you do is on the list? That thing you do is definitely a Mary movie. Um, Goonies? Twister, no, Goonies is not a Mary movie. That's made, okay, that's on my list then. Uh, Twister. Basically like most 90s blockbusters that oh, that yeah. slightly lean towards the females are on Mary's list. American President, big Mary movie. Oh, that was that was the one I was trying to remember because that was the one we have in common. I, yeah. I like that one a lot too. You both like Sorkin. Yeah, yes, I do. Aaron Sorkin movie, not as much television. I just didn't get into West Wing. You, you've never, you didn't give West Wing a chance. Uh, probably not. No, no, no. She had never watched West Wing before we started dating. Now it's her favorite show of all time. I mean, maybe I should watch it. I, honestly, I have, like not, it. I have never given it a chance. Texas, you aren't from Louisville unless you've gotten an underage drinking citation by an undercover cop in the Derby infield or at the waterfront. Yeah, agreed. Well, not those locations. Well, der- well, Or Papa John's Cardinal Stadium parking lot. Two out of three of those. <laughs> yeah, I've got yeah. two out of three myself. Cardinal Stadium and the waterfront. Well, waterfront, I wasn't drinking, though. It was another possession charge, but yeah. Because <laughs> I was. <laughs> <laughs> And then the waterfront one happened. I you was don't have to admit these things. I was already 21. <laughs> Texas said, did Trevor just call uh, Pete Sampras Samson? Not the same at all. Like, <laughs> just, at some point, you got to let some of these go. Samson. <laughs> I want to talk to Sampras. I'm <laughs> down by the beach. <laughs> Texas says, considering that 95% of uh, elite recruits are in the EYBL, what makes you optimistic that KP and Nolan can beat out Nike's biggest brands like Duke, UK, UCLA, et cetera, for players? I mean, this is what we're going to see. This is the big question. And he got asked directly, I think it was by Tim Sullivan at his introductory press conference. You know, everybody knows about your ties to Nike. You're now at an Adidas school. How does that affect how you're going to be able to do things on the recruiting trail? And he, I thought he gave a good answer for the, for the moment by saying, you know, I was one of the first players, first group of college players to sign with Adidas when 
signing to brands became a thing back in the 80s, uh, I guess early 90s. And I it was a thing before then, but yeah. Yeah, but, but he was literally among the first group of college players to sign an endorsement deal with Adidas as an apparel company coming out of college. They'd never done it before. Before the, I think it was like eight guys, is what he said. He's like, so I still know some of the people over there at Adidas. I clearly have ties to Nike. It's been well documented. So I feel like I've got the best of both worlds. Now, it was a, it was a nice answer, but I think every Louisville fan wants to make sure that he's going to be able to go out there and get these types of kids that he was getting at Kentucky, even though he's coaching at an Adidas school. And as much as we've heard buzz that this kid's going to be interested and this kid's going to come here and that all this is going to happen – I'm with the textures who say, like, until it finally happens, you have to feel at least a little bit antsy about this whole deal. I don't know, weirdly. Like, the one thing I took from that, even though I've heard you, that quote before, was that he signed with them in, like, in 89, 90, and there's people still working at Adidas that were there when he was with them. Look, it's not a place that you resign from. <laughs> I mean, it's like, been there for over 30 years. <laughs> it's like PetSmart. Once you're there, you're there. I, I mean, I'm, I, just, I don't mean, my, I mean, I know it's like in brain weird working ways, but. Like, I don't know why that, that like stuck out to me for a second. I mean, the bag droppers stay bag droppers for a reason. I mean, <laughs> the guy from the mailroom is now like an executive. The only ones who've getting fired are the ones who got caught up in the FBI deal. <laughs> Everybody else is still there. Texas Earl Clark's daughter is over six feet tall. How do we help Jeff Wall's recruiter so that we can have Earl Clark back in Louisville? I don't That'd know. Awesome. That's got to happen. That's got to happen, yeah. I do. Love, he also has a son. Like, he's... He's like an awesome dad on Instagram. I love following, like watching just like Earl be like Earl the dad. Where's he, is he, where's he living now? I don't know. Good question. Couldn't mm-hmm. tell you. His son, like he posts pictures of his son at school and his son is like a solid foot taller than all these other kids because, you know, it, it, it looks like some sort of like preparatory academy. So it's these like little white kids. And then like Earl's son is like six one at age seven. It's, <laughs> I love it. Like it's all, I'm like, we got to get the whole Clark family needs to be back at UofL. Clark was from New Jersey, right? He was. So it's not. Uh, Texas, I'm waiting for Trevor to say Craig Stadler, the walrus baby. Do you remember Craig Stadler? No. Oh, big old fat golfer with a walrus mustache. Oh, how do I miss that one? I don't know. He was a legend for like three Greg years. Greg Norman is a golfer. The, the shark, of course. Yeah, we talked about him the, the last week or so. We did. Texted, I think Satterfield is doing this big turnaround because he's on the hot seat and he doesn't want to get fired and have that on his resume for South Carolina. Who <laughs> doesn't want to get fired? <laughs> Unless you're George Costanza trying to join the Mets organization. I don't think many people want to get fired. Texas says, I'm giving you the over-under at six and a half for Satterfield this year. What do you take? Well, again, like if it's under, I'm off. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm out. He may not get fired, but I'm going to have no faith that he's going to be able to get the job done. So I'm going to go over. If they don't win at least seven games this year, it's an awful look for him. In year four, you've got to at least get to seven and five after the last two seasons that we've had. Can you ask me this question after the Syracuse game? Is that cheating? I mean, yeah. That's absolutely it's the definition of cheating. <laughs> it's preseason over under win totals. You don't get to see some data before you make your call. Well, I mean, get an exhibition game of some sort. It's be a long five months here. Got a, <laughs> got a long way to go. Oh, we're gonna we gotta do some kind of movie thing. Uh, Texas, what's the latest on our baseball team? Picked fourth in the ACC, but recently swept Notre Dame, who was ranked number one. Should we expect to be uh, or be optimistic for a college recently? World Series that was team? Like two weeks ago, or something so. less? Yeah, three. Um, well, it's it, not recently. They're all. coming off a bad weekend at Pittsburgh. First time you know, they had swept their first two ACC series, then they lose two out of three to Pitt, who's not very good. So, yeah. I mean, they've been a little bit. I don't think this team is as good as. Probably the teams that have been going to the College World Series the last few years, or as I mean, the 2020 team was going to be God. I know everybody always does this, like 
every basketball fan base thinks they they would have won the 2020 NCAA tournament. I know, I know. But that baseball team was set up to have the best rotation in the history of this program, and it wasn't close. I mean, yeah, two, two first round picks. You had Reed Detmers, who was everybody's favorite for national, not, not just every pitching award, but national player of the year. You've got Bobby Miller, who last night with the Dodgers hit him 100 miles an hour. Struck what is out with the Dodgers in us, by the way? Struck out Shohei Otani, looking like he looked fantastic. Yeah, everybody who goes to Dodger Blue seems to just kill it, or the West Coast period. From former uh, from Louisville baseball. I mean, well, you go all the way back to Pee Wee Reese. Yeah, I mean, and then you had and Luke Dodger. Smith, who was coming off a, a strong performance, and then became a nationwide sensation by yelling "fu" at the Vanderbilt bench in the College World Series the year before. Was going to be your Sunday starter. Like that three man rotation was going to be the best this program's ever seen. And then you lose that season. You lose Miller. You lose Detmers without ever getting them. You know, their last season to happen as Cardinals. The lineup was loaded. It sucks. I don't think this team is going to be in the same stratosphere as that team, but it's hard to talk bad about a team that's in everybody's top 15 right now. They're as high as number four in one of the polls. Um, they're as low as like number 16 in one of the or 15 in one of the other polls. But they're, they're a I, good team. I trust Dan McDonald. I, you have to at this I, point. I don't. He, he can give me a down year. I trust. I, I will 100% trust Dan McDonald in anything he does and says. No, dude. Texas says TK, TK is a mastermind criminal. Ooh, yeah, what, what, which, by the way? Could be a reference to like five things you said <laughs> in, in the last what? hour. <laughs> you know what? I don't know what he's referencing, but he's right. Texture says, um, John Daly, how does Trevor not mention it? Well, you love John Daly. I didn't, didn't I say John Daly, though? You didn't. Okay, well, I should have. Yeah, you know I love John Daly. Texture says, Twister just started on AMC again. Fire up the TV. Let's get it, <laughs> let's get it going. More commercials. Well, <sighs> And 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 and, and, and well, I don't have the movie memorized. I could notice where parts where they cut out of the movie so they could put more commercial breaks in. That irritates me. Fox Sports. I watched and I put on I saw Hoosiers on there one day a couple months ago and put it on, and I could just tell where they cut out scenes just to put more commercial breaks in. That's why I won't watch anything on Fox Sports mm. except for Big East or Big Ten basketball. Texas Mary's favorites. I'm just guessing here. For a second there, I was like, "Is this my wife texting in?" Uh, she's all that. No, no. Shawshank. Ten, ten things I hate about you. Eh, not really. The Notebook, yes. Ugh. Big Daddy, no. Big Daddy, where do you lie on the Big Daddy spins? Okay. Good, not great. Okay, I'm. I'm. I guess that's more me too. Like I feel like like most people like either they like Big Daddy or they don't with Adam Sandler fans. Yeah, like, not, I, I just don't care. Like I just don't put Big Daddy in the when when in the upper echelon of argument of the better Bill, uh, Adam Sandler movies where he's like you know Billy Madison, Waterboy. I'm with you there. But do you, I don't even know Fifty First Dates goes in there. No, it doesn't. Probably not. Yeah, the ending alone just takes it out of the boat. Yeah, Mary's she's not that big on like the mid to late '90s rom coms that you would think that were kind of directed at. Teen. She does love Save for the Last Dance. That would be the one. That that's <laughs> big Mary movie. Had a girlfriend go. I wouldn't slept in the theaters. Terry says Earl actually lives in Miami. Okay. Okay. There you go. Terry says, "Can you smell it in the air? It's Jed Fish season, baby." <laughs> <laughs> what is your go-to rom-com? Uh, Notting Hill. Is it really? <laughs> love Notting Hill. <laughs> you be that serious? Girls love Gray. <laughs> I've never seen Notting Hill. What? There's Julia Roberts, right? You should watch it. You'd like it. Hugh, uh, Hugh, uh, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant, Julia Roberts. Am I, is my guessing right? You're correct. Okay, I've just never seen it, but I it's know it. It's a good yeah. flick. Texas, what I if Louisville... That <laughs> oh, <laughs> Notting Hill. <laughs> Notting Hill's fantastic. Uh, haymaker from the left without looking. Texas, what if Louisville wins seven games but gets blasted by UK again? Well, that's... 
That, I mean, that it's a fair point because the combination of wins matters. For instance, we went six and six this past year, which I think every Louisville fan would say not good enough. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not good enough. No. But if two of those six wins had been over Kentucky and Clemson, who we almost beat Clemson, we did not almost beat Kentucky. But if we had won those two games, and yeah, but then again, who did, that would that would mean who was who were the games we lost the one that would that would I don't turn care. losses. I think even if you lost to Syracuse and Boston College, but you flip those for like who you beat matters more to the fan base right now than who you've lost to. I think the fan base is more. I don't want to say excited, but they're more okay with the season that Scott Satterfield just had. The fact that he got blasted by UK again after he did the whole I understand the rivalry thing, and we were favored, and it was on our home field, and Will Levis could have scored 75 touchdowns against us if he wanted to, and then you lose to Air Force when, when they haven't thrown for like 13 yards all season, and they throw for four touchdowns and 300 yards against you. Well, they have the Air Force. Like man. That is going to stick with you. So, yeah, I, I think the combination of victories matters when it comes to fan satisfaction, right? Yes. Okay. Takes us talk about Bobby Miller's gold chains. Oh, they're incredible. <laughs> Did you see him in that clip? No, I didn't. When did the pitchers, especially relief pitchers, but where, with the where, chains become a thing? Like, you have to have one now. I didn't have one in high school. I should have. I wish I did. I wanted a herringbone necklace when I was a kid. Gigantic those, chains. Those are the cool ones, yeah. You, are, were you, you, I've never worn any sort of jewelry I've or never, accessories. Yeah. I actually wish you I don't you wear were, a watch, a ring, I don't either. earrings. Never have. Never, I've never Just been the yet. wedding ring. Only thing I've ever worn. And I got the cheapest, like smallest wedding ring you could possibly get. I'm ne- <laughs> I'll never forget. Like, so I went to Genesis, uh, shameless plug for them. And like, I, I knew what I was going to get, what we we're going to get for Mary. And so like, we took care of that. Like, that's the big thing. And you, you, you work out all the details and all that stuff. And then they take you to the men's rings and they're like, here's the, you know, these are the, the highest priced items here. They go down uh, slightly as you walk to your right. I'm like, let's go all the way down to the far right. <laughs> Keep walking. <laughs> because has there ever been a time in the history of male wedding rings where somebody has been like, oh my God, that, that ring you've got is incredible. Well, aren't the, Nobody aren't, cares. Aren't all male rings just the band anyway? I mean, it's just like this, yeah. Now, I have noticed, I guess nowadays, some, don't they get sometimes the, the, the guys will do, instead of the normal gold, do you get like black and stuff now? You can, but who cares? Which, by the way, why would you want a black wedding? I just, that seems, that's like the, the color of death. It's like, the only time I'm I'm noticing poor, another man's poor wedding ring. a funeral. Yeah, I mean. the only time I'm noticing another man's wedding ring is when I'm like, ooh, that looks weird. Like just so, just make it simple and whatever, small yeah, as possible. I mean, just get the simple gold. Like now, the, the engagement ring though is the, is the big fancy one for the, the lady. Right? right, and then you get the band on the wedding day. Yeah. If I could have gotten my wedding ring out of a twenty five cent machine at Kroger, I would have done it because nobody cares. <laughs> I it's agree. silly as long as it fits, and I don't have to like it's small enough that I don't like think about it being on my my finger. Then that's all I want. Texas says this is what one of the previous Texas was referring to in regards to Drew Diener. Um, excuse me. I'm just not seeing the story. Well, no, I, I, I'm, a, I'm aware of the story that, that took place. I was just talking about the, the parking lot thing? Yeah, I, I From think, like two months ago now? Or yeah, ago? We're, we're all aware of, of what happened, like what's out there. But wow, I thought I was behind the times, dude. I don't think, yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's this, this thing, what that was in reference is, to. Is this Cloyd Christmas walking out of the bar going, we landed on the moon? <laughs> Texas, my wife has similar sta- uh, taste in movies. Does your wife like the movie Center Stage? Oh, yes. Wait, what, what movie? Center Stage. She loves Center Stage. I don't think I know this movie. That's hilarious that this gets brought up. Yeah, Mary, gigantic Center Stage fan. 
She also likes what's that skating move, the cutting edge, I think. Big fan. I know the cutting edge with DB Sweeney in it. I, I like the cutting edge. I've seen that movie a couple you times. You do? Yes. Oh, it's terrible. Cutting edge? Oh, no. It's got a, oh, I can't remember the woman's name. DB Sweeney's the actor. Yes. Because he also plays in Eight Men Out. He plays Joe Jackson in uh, Eight Men Out. I've never seen Eight Men Out. Really? A baseball I know. Guy? I know. I know. I know. I've never seen that. That is weird. I mean, I guess it's weird. I've never seen The Natural, but still. I mean, Eight Men Out's a good movie. You should check that out. That's two now. There it is. There it, it is. is. <laughs> I've, I've read a book about the Black Sox scandal, and I've listened to like two different podcasts. And what it comes down to is this. Shoeless Joe is guilty as hell. No, no, he could Shoeless Joe. Shoeless Joe guilty could, as you have not, hell. No, 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 no. He and Buck Weaver and they were innocent. I tell you, innocent. They took the Joe money. Joe Jackson Hall of Fame. Shoeless Joe. Shoeless Joe. No. Yes. He took the money and he threw the Pete series. Rose Hall of Fame. He also made a bunch of errors. No, he didn't. He made he the only home run of the series. And I don't think he, only he made the one. only home run of the series when the game was out of reach. They were down like nine nothing. Well, they were, they were a better team. His only hits came. His in pitcher me- was giving up everything. Well, they all were shooting. Not all of them. Shoeless Joe's only hits came in meaningless spots, and he also there are reports by announcers and, te- and people who cover the teams didn't make a whole lot of errors, but he didn't get to a lot of balls that he normally got to. Reports by people who most nobody was. I think that, is there anybody alive left when that series happened? Well, I mean, no, but they wrote stuff then. It's not like they just... <laughs> Is it really? I wonder if there's anybody... Was there anybody alive left for... No. 1919? I can't imagine anybody who covered that was old enough to write <laughs> words about it is still living. They'd have to be like 120. <laughs> at minimum. Tick says, huge fan of Big Daddy Rustic. LOL. Big Daddy and... There's only one good part about Big Daddy, and that's when at the end when John Stewart realizes how he where he met the, the kid's mom was after Joe Carter hit the home run in the Hooters in Toronto. <laughs> I mean, that's a very personal opinion. I mean, <laughs> we talked right through the break. Like, we only have like ten minutes now. We just have to. Um, keep we got, and we've got to get out early day. It's Wednesday. Well, I guess we just have to keep talking then. Okay. Well, here, I thought I wasn't picking up the slack. We got like ten minutes left. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get some text. We'll get really left. stepped up at the five o'clock hour. Well, what can I say? Texas says, uh, "Have either of you Fourth seen quarter. the movie As Good as It Gets?" Yes. Yeah, it's. I like these guys. It stars Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt. It's a must for married couples. Like, <laughs> you mean the one that won like nine Oscars? Uh, I like as good as it gets. I it's it's a little too long for me. It drags a little you bit. You want a short ass movie? A really short movie? <laughs> what is that from? Eventually, it's that uh, this the Pete Davidson thing that I told you about last okay. that. You should watch it. It's good. I, uh, I mean, I don't mind. I mean, get two hours, but that, that movie's like way over two hours and just does not get enough to be over two hours. It's okay. Texas, us what's TK's opinion of the movie Showgirls? Ooh, Showgirls was, for what it was worth back when it was released, was a very good movie. You kidding me? Of course it was. I mean, but uh, yeah, the club scene, the pool scene. Okay, so um, there was a when we went to Dayton. I I don't even know if it's still a thing now. If you're a current or recent Dayton graduate, let me know. But they had Flyer Movie Channel, which this is before streaming, and everybody could have every movie they wanted at all times. Mm-hmm. So it was just a a movie channel where every two hours a different movie came on, and it changed every month. The lineup did, and sounds pretty cool. My fr- yeah, it was great. I mean, we come back home. Love Actually is on at one a.m. Hell yeah, we're watching this for the seventh time this month. It's great. <laughs> So my freshman year, wild student there, dude. Oh yeah, we got crazy. My freshman year, one of the movies, like one of the first months in rotation, was Showgirls. Wow, was this after Love Actually? By the way, no, this was Love Actually was sophomore year. I'll never forget it. We watched okay. it. We, we literally watched it like fifteen times. But so Showgirls, we have it on. 
my my best friend and I we're in the dorm room together, and it's it's the pool scene, and it's oh, happening. Yeah. And we're like, you know, nobody talk. Everybody, this is this is sacred ground here. <laughs> and our RA walks in right at like the worst possible moment when this is going on. I mean. You can't just like change the channel at that point. Well, could I mean, not have been more awkward. Just like I, we, we were just now getting to know this guy. He was not a cool <laughs> RA by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, it better was better than mom walking in, I guess. But. Well, it was bad. <laughs> I mean, Shout out to Jesse Spano. We love you. Elizabeth Berkeley. Awful actress. Thought she was a great actress. That movie was horrible. I mean, I mean, it's a terrible yeah. movie, but. But G- is it Gia Gershon, I think, is the other. I think you're right. Yeah. Gina Gershon. Gershon. I think that's her name. Texas Uncut Gems is one of Sandler's best. I've still never seen it. Never watched it. I've heard it's very stressful. I, I for some reason, I don't know. I just I know what happens. I know the movie, and but I, it's, yeah, I haven't watched it either. I, will I watch it one day? I don't know. I also can't make myself to still watch it. I've had other people call, text me like, the Lakers thing on HBO. It's good, man. You should watch it. You should I've read. heard the opposite. Oh, see, I'm, that's weird because I've heard it's good, and I don't really still want to watch it. I can see you watching it and hating it, just picking it apart. Eventually, I probably will give it a chance. Just it won't be anytime soon. Texas, this is actually a good question. Is there any coach in college basketball who has more pressure on them going into the next season than John Calipari? Mark Few. By the way, have you seen the Gonzaga Big East rumors? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're out there. Oh, I they're mean, out there. I think I think Mark Few's right up there. I mean, well, be, it's a different level of pressure though. Cal and Few are going to have pressure, but it's not like they're they're. Job is on the line pressure. I disagree with you on Mark Few. You don't think there's not pressure, especially losing Swiss 16 this year? No, because they're not going to be like they're not going to be the preseason favorites this year like they have been the last two. Like, like there's more pressure on him, I guess, to like not flame out and be terrible, but nobody's going into next season being like, this is Gonzaga's year. I think with Kentucky, you've got this weird dynamic where Cal set the standards so high in the first part of his tenure. And the second part has been so different, whether Kentucky fans want to admit that or not. I mean, let's look at the last two years. You had one of the worst seasons in program history two years ago, and then this year it feels like a bounce-back moment. It feels like, hey, we're back on track. Swaggy Cal is back, folks. And then you lose to a 15 seed in the first round. If he, if he doesn't get it done this year, when I say get it done, I mean once again be a top three seed and make a run in March then I think Kentucky fans who were already a little bit upset kind of wonder if the best is behind them and are we ever going to get back to going to Final Fours and winning national titles. Yeah, but there's nobody even, I mean, short of him having a nine-win season is going to be asking for his job. No, but that still mean, it doesn't mean that fans are going to be in love with Cal. Like, no, the, but, the one, but, the one, but those are already probably the ones that aren't in love with them right now to begin with. Right, but he needs to win them back. Uh, yeah, you got a divided BBN that's only going. I think everybody's kind of waiting. This is an important season for him. I think the I think most Kentucky fans are willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because of how consistent he's been up until re- very recently. And I think you can also say, look, he's a two seed that lost to a fifteen. It was still a great year. That's a fluky thing. It happened to Coach K. It's happened to other great coaches. We'll be back. It's not going to happen again. But he's got to show them that this year. The other coach that I would say here's the, the first name that comes to my mind is John Shire. I was, John, you know, the name came was Tommy Lloyd. I mean, you don't, I mean, you set the bar really? pretty, yeah, you set the bar high for yourself in Arizona now. I know, but doesn't that provide a safety net? Mm, what, not, not if you come out and do like a, a Kevin Ollie after a national championship game and have like an 8-16 win season. Yeah, but he won national coach of the year. 
Like he's if he has a little bit of a down year next season, like they're not going to just. I mean, how much he how much he on your boy up in uh, Hopkins up in Washington after him that he opened. Oh, up. a lot. And he had and he kind of had the same kind of start that Lloyd did at Arizona. I mean, I wouldn't compare what Mike Hopkins did in your one of Washington. Well, to what Tommy weren't they a one seed? No. Weren't they a higher what, what Washington? When he yeah, his first year. What was their, was their season tournament? I, I think they were like a four, weren't they? Were they four? Okay, I, I might have been. I might be over exaggerating the one, but yeah, they were. They were just okay. Like, and he's been. They, I would, would. They were still. They were no. They well. They definitely overachieved, much like Arizona did. And the expectations in Arizona for consistency is higher than it is at Washington. Yeah, they were a. They lost to to Carolina in the NCAA tournament by. They were a nine seed in Mike Hopkins' first year. Were they only nine? Really? Yeah. What was the record? Uh, Twenty-seven and nine. Wow, they only got nine. That's a good record, though. They have not. Well, they started that season so hot, and then they just tapered off. Never and then last year, two years ago, they went five and twenty-one, and this past year they went seventeen and fifteen. I mean, and so two years were were now two years removed, and the seat's thirty. I mean, pretty warm for a guy who was well four years because twenty twenty. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And he's not been. He, yeah, he's definitely on the hot seat, but I feel like Shire, especially after what Hubert Davis did, I think has a lot to prove because. It's a weird, like Sports Illustrated. It makes sense. I would recommend if you have any interest in this at all, read the the Michael Rosenberg piece. I know Rosenberg's not very popular here. Why? He wrote that thing about you know, UofL's a terrible place for women and all that stuff a few years ago. It was nah, I vaguely remember. Awful, that. Yeah, awful yeah, piece. Yeah, it was I dumb. It was yeah. stupid. He's not. He he does. He's good at stuff like this though, where he spends time with somebody and he can write a profile piece on them. And I thought the the piece that he did on Shire that was published today was very good and insightful, but it didn't leave me feeling very confident that it's going to go great there. I mean, guy's thirty four. He got turned down by UNLV and DePaul for head coaching jobs. I think that he's still very, very confused as far as what his game plan is going to be and what his brand is going to be for Duke basketball. And I can see it going poorly. Like I'll I'll say that. And if it does, how much faith do you have if you're a Duke fan that you like it's not like when K took over Duke and they were patient for the first three years and the class that saved Coach K and all that, like nobody's going to give John Shire a five year grace period here. No, toss a little different coverage to nineteen eighty and two thousand twenty two. Yeah, for sure. Texas, how fun would it be for to lock Trevor and Nikki V in a room for a day and see how crazy their conversations would get in that time period? I love both of you guys. That'd be fun. I've met Nikki. I've met Nick Villano. Awesome guy. Yeah. I love Nick. Um, Texas says, which coach is most likely to be fired in ACC men's basketball next season? Brad Brownell. It's very likely, yeah. Josh Pastner would be there, too. He'd be close. I think probably... Two years removed from being coach of the year. Well, no. He wasn't coach of the year. Two, they just won the ACC tournament. Oh, okay. My bad. He was coach of the year four years ago when he finished like 11. <laughs> I'll never let Greer get over it. You voted for that guy. <laughs> um, but Brad Brennell has kind of been playing with house money for a long time. Um, I, I, ever ever since he didn't get Zion because he couldn't get his dad a job on staff. I, I, if Clemson cared more about basketball, he'd already be gone. But I think he's up there. Keats. Kevin Keats would be yeah. right behind him. I do think there's a little bit of pressure on Passner. It seemed like there was going to be pressure on Laranega until he saved his job this year well, and, and got that I, extension. And I thought it was almost a given that Capel was going to be gone to bring in Miller, but now that Miller's been swooped up, do you just what do you do with Capel? Fireman bring in Coach K. Depending on see what let's see what the, <laughs> let's see what the Tommy Hamburger. <laughs> the, 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 the buyout is at this point. 
So you said my wife and I got our wedding rings at Service Merchandise. Well done. <laughs> nice. Well done. I miss Service Merchandise. Everybody does. How could you not? Yeah. Texas, it's like Titus said, is Duke a blue blood or did they just have one good coach? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. I mean, they had other good coaches. Is Duke a blue blood? They had success with, with Billy Foster before him. I love the blue blood discussion, by the way, because it's the dumbest, most pointless discussion, and you can't get anywhere with it. Well, because there's no criteria whatsoever. There's not. It's. I mean, everybody wants to say the cutoff line is here. You know what? Butler, blue blood. Calling it. Wyoming, blue blood. San Francisco, blue blood. Florida. Blue blood. I mean, they're blue colors. DePaul, bluest of blue bloods. <laughs> Everybody's a blue blood. Kentucky, eh. I don't know. Everybody's a blue blood. Doesn't really count. Uh, we have so many texts that we didn't get to, and I'm so sorry. What is this? We, hey, we read text pretty much the entire hour. I did. We did the best we could. I can't help it if the text. How do we flying. not get to him? Is this because I, is this is this all because of my Jake Ryan versus Pink Floyd debate? Didn't help. Didn't help. By the way, people love this end of show. The show yesterday, I got more comments about that than I've gotten. What did I do to the show? When you brought up the Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, good movie for zero reason, and then I just <laughs> let you sit and think about what you just said for like five seconds. That was it. Last night I watched uh, Twister and then Sixteen Candles. I don't know what to watch tonight. I can't wait to find out. Well, I got tomorrow. wrestling, but then I'll but I'll end up watching a movie. And I watched a few. I watched like three or four more episodes of uh, Rescue Me last night too. If you texted in and we didn't get to it, I apologize. I'm I promise. I, I'm going to throw this promise out there and probably not make good on it. But we'll try to get to your questions tomorrow on the show. Um, it's all Mike's fault. Trevor will have AEW thoughts. You're going to be rejuvenated tomorrow. Hopefully, my yeah. voice will be better. Hopefully, you'll be happy because you've experienced great wrestling. Oh, I know I will. And then we'll have masters to talk about all day. And baseball. Masters in baseball. Baseball. Masters and baseball. Baseball, 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 baseball. <laughs> and maybe you want baseball? some UofL basketball <laughs> roster announcements, too. I think we may be getting another one pretty soon here. We'll find out tomorrow. Enjoy your Wednesday nights. We'll see you guys tomorrow right back here on the Big X at 3 o'clock. We're out. Baseball.